I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Welcome back. Or if this is the first time watching, I don't know why you. Well, you know what? I do know why you tune. Uh, welcome to Warui Desho Stream of Thought, uh, episode twenty-one of Banana Fish, Harlem Chicken. Mm-hmm. Harlem Chicken finally able to drink at long last. You know, can get drunk in a gay bar. Hooray! I mean, or any bar of your choosing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're American banana fish you can drink if you're of other origin then perhaps you've been drinking for a while perhaps you've all been drinking for a while out there because this show can hit you hard right where it hurts in the heart mm-hmm. uh this is uh we're your hosts for today's voyage harlem chicken checking in right here and uh <laughs> dick of the goblins to my left also <laughs> Oh man, we're bringing that back. I'm Cock of the Werewolves again. That was my name originally. I, I honestly can't remember the one I came up with. I wish I could. Oh, we got to come. Up, we got. We got to come up with new ones in that case. Then uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be agitated squirrel or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be. I'll uh, be. I don't know. Um. Chipmunk of the. Uh, Apocalypse recycling bin. <laughs> Chipmunks of the apocalypse. Yes. Now that's a show. That's I a good watch. one. Yes. Chip, no wait. Chip. <laughs> Chip and uh, what is it? Wait. Uh, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. Yeah, oh no, no, no Alvin, okay, Simon, and Theodore. Uh, Being in the post-apocalypse, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, they just were the Alvin and the Chipmunks, right? I, just could, I was like, well, who were they? Yeah, that would be good. That'd be fucking great. I'd be down for that. 
Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so uh, so episode twenty-one, the undefeated, the undefeated, right? Oh, shares I the name. That's with... a very <laughs> it's, it shares the name with a uh, smart sports blog uh, that ESPN runs, the undefeated. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to mute my. Oh wait, they're already muted. Good. I was afraid my system sounds weren't muted. People would be pinging. Uh, <laughs> Mirror, welcome Mirror and, and Luther also to chat. Indeed. Um, oh no, Mirror knows what's cut. Uh, she's drowning in work and may not be able to chat. That's okay. That's all right. Um, we appreciate you hanging out or checking in. Indeed. As Thank you. you. Do. Uh, the undefeated. The undefeated. Um, speaking of undefeated, um, Unfortunately, Shadon, you are going to have to close down your Tumblr page now. Uh, because well, all the, you know. All that adult content that you post on the reg will no oh, longer yeah, under be able to... Under the handle of a cock of the werewolves, you know? <laughs> it doesn't fly anymore as yeah. of December 17th, uh, so get it get it while you can, I guess. Man, I was... You know what, right? Someone, I think it was... Um, oh, let me check my Twitter feed. Uh... It was Apanovi who's actually in the chat. Hello, Apanovi. Apanovi actually sent me the link to the official statement. Uh, and I'd like to read a choice paragraph here about Tumblr's shutdown that I just found hilarious. Good. Uh, it goes something like this. <clears throat> Bottom line, there are no shortage of sites on the internet that feature adult content. We will leave it to them focus our efforts on creating the most welcoming environment possible for our community. <laughs> so, here's the thing, Brian. Here's the thing. I don't use Tumblr. I don't look at content on Tumblr. I know very, very little about it, that's in my periphery. But my understanding is that there is quite a substantial NSFW community on. So, if you want to be welcoming towards your community, why are you kicking a bunch of them out? Does that not seem contradictory? That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, they want. The, I think that they really, really mean they want to. We want the advertisement. Advertisement gives. <laughs> we can't have KFC advertising next to two guys <laughs> or something like that. You know, finger right. licking good. It's a bit wrong in that context. I'm sorry to say. Apparently, according to KFC, uh, um, I don't know. Like, but the thing is, the whole thing smells like a bullshit. And I'm just like, well, you know what? If you fucking sink and you lose your ad revenue, or it doesn't pan out for you, Tumblr. Well, there you go. I mean, it was pointed out on another Twitter post I saw earlier that um, Tumblr is quite good for um, content that isn't necessarily just heterosexual men. So, because I mean, if you wanted to say, yeah. like, you know, the completely foot chock full of poverty for yeah. that audience, well, that's like saying water is wet, or the people in question who are, you know, looking at that concept anyway. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's a more, you know, for other pe- groups than that, even just het women, which is great. That's excellent. By the way, there's your first haircut compliment. Oh. Uh, ah, thank you, Blue Sea. Yes. Uh, hey, there no, you go. No longer disheveled wizard. Now I'm going for mm-hmm. uh, Royal Air Force cadet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, not only is it just completely self-contradictory, self-defeating, and utterly pointless, uh, and probably in the aid of a goal that they won't stay outright because it would rightly sound bad, uh, it's also bad for people in general who would otherwise use that as a source of content, you know, for their tastes mm-hmm. that are not, you know, along the normal curve, which is a good thing. So, right. 
Well, the jokes write themselves when you've got a name like Tumblr, so hey, there you go. You know. You know. In the wake of all this, you and I could could get in on on the ground floor of a of, uh, sort of Tumblr clone app that allows shares of adult content. Shadies, there you go. That's what it's going to be called. I have a, I have a name already thought of. Uh, I think you did. Uh, go on. <laughs> I know what exactly what it is. All right. Go with me on this. Cumbler. Yeah. You know. You, you know, they actually. Know. It re- they know You know, when you, when you say that, right, that's, uh, that is a good joke. I'm not going to lie. But it just makes me, why doesn't Tumblr simply have an adult content only section? Like, separate, distinct site, maybe? They, I mean, they, who knows? They may. I mean, the, I guess the sort of good thing about kind of where we are uh is that these companies are pretty agile so they may they may do some of that um but there were they i mean they're gonna still lose people that want to do it for free because i mean a bazillion people do that stuff for free and like you said i mean the the tumblr fan community is pretty like it's carved out a, a kind of a unique niche for itself and it is it's absolutely a haven for adult type content and very fandom focused content for mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus folks, um, and I mean, maybe they'll find another place, but it's that shit's hard, man. When you when you have roots established and a community established in a place, uh, it's it can be really tough to transition. You know, I mean, I can't even like like if I went to a new app than Twitter, I mean, it would just be tough. It would be tough, and and. Twitter is cool and everything, but I don't, and I, I've met a lot of people through it, but I can still see, like, you know, it, it might not be, like, as special to me as certain really tight-knit Tumblr communities, so this is, uh, meh, this is not, not very fun, but, uh, you know, all right, we have a, this is a perfect intro time, perfect time, I should say, to introduce our new stream mate, this Todoro here, wave goodbye to Tumblr. Wave goodbye to Tumblr and the the glory Halcyon days which it had, uh, because it's it's probably gonna go quietly into that good night now. Thank you, Todoro. You may yeah you may get off. Do I see a question, Blue Sea? I have uh, loving the glasses moment. Uh, I have a ton of theories circling in my head as to what's going to happen next. Uh, I'm super excited for the return of a particular eyepatch Sink Kisuke ripoff from Guilty Gear. I'm very glad he's going back. Although I have a feeling I know. <laughs> uh, I have suddenly become, you know, enlightened as to who Ayayuki is. And I apologize if I mispronounced her name. Uh, quite a talented voice actress. Um, I mean, you've got a sword that seduces people, and then next thing you know, you've got her, her voice. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of in dazzle he's got a silky voice i like well no it's a it's a cracking episode i really need to talk so, at some point with people i like on what i really like about season two and why the fact that it is literally like the next evolution in the, the craft of that show because to me season one felt like look at what we could do with puppets we can fly them around and they're gonna be 
We fight with swords. It's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be the best thing ever. We got Archer and he kills people. I pushed him into the place. It's the best thing ever. Now, now, I'm being mocking there, but I genuinely thought season one was quite good, although not without its little problems. Namely, the fact that it has the anime trope that I despise of screaming attack names to finish fights. I'm like, okay, the fuck does any of this attack names mean? I can literally start straight out. Thundermelon Monkey Punch Spot. Like, yep, like that. That's a real move. I, yeah, I, I performed that move yesterday on my I side. I can literally scream that out, throw it out there, and it would mean about as much as anything else that's said in that show. But they've mostly got rid of them in season two, which is a nice change. Anyway, this is not the Thunderbolt fantasy stream of thought. Uh, that is the alternate universe, which would be just as good as this. But anyway. <clears throat> Listen, you, you, should, uh, you should do a solo show just about Thunderbolt fantasy. I'd do it as a trick show, because here's what I'd do right. I'd, I'd be one of those jerks who, like, makes an audio file that's, like, 2 hours, 32 minutes, and 48 seconds long, but the actual audio in it is literally 30 seconds being like, the fuck do you want me to say? Go fucking watch, and the rest of it's just white noise. Like a like a joke video released like on April Fool's. Like fucking <laughs> H-Bomber Guy Skyrim video. <laughs> yep. There you go. So That's no, exactly but you should just do a YouTube show where you talk about it. That'd be that'd be rad. I'd be into that. Mm. Um, I'll get around to it at some point. Anyway, what we should get around to now is talking about Manafish. Firstly, Zippos. Yeah. Ah. Twitter poll. The polls. The polls from Who's last week. Ahem. Loading them up. They were not ready. Shocker. I know. Unprofessional conduct on this podcast slash youtube show ah come on i smell like a sailor scrolling down to the polls okay um uh you have a day left to vote in these polls from episode 20 uh is that the ice episode the ice the no this the unvanquished wow so the unvanquished and the undefeated meet it's the immovable or no, the irresistible force and the immovable object sort of thing happening. Um, here are uh, where the polls stand from the unvanquished. Does the subtle doctor really like action movies if he hasn't seen Die Hard or John Wick? Uh, 62% say no way, man. Mm-hmm. Would you be scared of full-size dinosaur skeletons in the dark? Uh, 73% say... Dinos are scary, yes. 27%. 27 brave percent say no. Uh, and finally, how many times is Golzine going to get shot in the shoulder? The More than 50 Cent has, that's for fucking sure. I hope he gets fucking, fucking plug full of lead, that fucking ball. <laughs> he, is like, uh, he is like fucking 50 Cent, just continues to survive these shootings. Can you imagine Golzine's cover of, uh, you know... What was it? The, what was it? You'll find me in the club. Yeah, in the club. Oh, like uh, one of one of my least favorite uh, rap songs of the two thousands. <laughs> There's some fitty I like, uh, but I'm not a fan of in the club. It's uh, I thought it was cheesy even when it back when it when it came out. Uh, but I happen to actually really like Twenty One Questions. Uh, you know this one, right? The like it vaguely, has like the little yes. guitar line, and uh, it has the immortal. Immortal wrath line. Uh, I love you like a fat kid love cake. 
from hard and dry <laughs> you know if you ever if you ever had something described like to you where it's so bad it circles back rounds being good <laughs> oh yeah that's oh, yeah. what that is like i thought my initial reaction was well, I don't think you know what it was. Fifty was fifty shot in the brain a couple of times, and it like you know destroys imagination. Like, what happened here? Where was he shot? And I was like, no, this is this is just too this is too good. This is this is genius. It's satire. It's very good. It's uh, very if good. you want my if you want my uh, short summary, uh, Emily, on what Thunderbolt Fantasy is, imagine because you as, as a British person will probably know this. Imagine Thunderbirds if it was instead. The Seven Samurai, with a touch of uh, fate thrown into it. Really, no, that's literally it. It's puppets as in you know Seven Samurai, you know, with magical swords, and the villain like they all like some of the puppets have fabulous hair and shit. Uh, it's somehow gory. It, it's also very gory, especially in the most recent season where like this like magical Yuki voice, you know, seduction mm-hmm. sword, just chopping them in bits, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, there's a lot of meat carnage. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it is also legitimately good entertainment. It's mm-hmm. well-crafted. Not anything deep or, or meaningful character-wise, or at least not so much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's certainly very compellingly written because it's by Jenna Robachi, uh, who, as we all know, like, you know, I think he's probably one of my current favorite anime writers, just because he does a lot of different things, and he does them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like how season two, as I say, has improved on what they did before, where now they feel like they've restrained themselves a little bit, rather than, you know, screaming attack names. Like, the CG is pretty bad, I must admit, as well. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, I, I really like his stuff that I've seen as well, so that makes me inclined to watch it. There's only one project of his that I didn't like. Uh, what was it called? Gargantia on the Vratna? Some V, actually. Gargantia, for short. Um, and, yeah, that just kind of wasn't wasn't for me. Uh, but, you know, I loved Fate Zero. I loved Madoka Magica. Uh, Psychopass is great. So, yeah, I'm... The pedigree of uh, Urobochi is... Uh, definitely alluring in that show. Speaking of pedigree, so there's a thing that we did for previous seasons of Stream of Thought uh, where we talked about the creatives behind each episode of Darling in the Franks. And, oh, um, yeah, those war criminals right, right there, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them is back. Uh, but, like, we, I, I wasn't able to do that in the beginning because, you know people were slacking and the people that could read Japanese and new things were not publishing this information on easily available resource like Wikipedia or anime news network. So I just sort of stopped looking, but now the Wikipedia has very much been updated and we have, uh, we have screenwriter and director as well as original air date, but that's less important, uh, for every episode. So you can go back and look if you're interested. Um, and actually, and it, maybe this is maybe this is incorrect because well but I don't know I mean who knows um, I know in, in Frank's the pin was passed around 
Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a pen, it was a crayon. <laughs> yes, the, the blunt crayon was passed around several people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know the head writer for this show, for this Banana Fish adaptation, is Hiroshi Seko. Uh, and he, uh, he also appears to be uh, the writer, he's the listed writer for every single episode of Banana Fish. Um, mm-hmm. And you may remember Hiroshi Seko from uh, writing four episodes of the Darling and the Franks screenplay. Look, look, right, 11, look. 14, 15, and 22. I'll, <laughs> I'll be fair to Hiroshi. He's not working under the Tommy Wiseau of anime that is Nishigori, so you know. <laughs> You're tearing yeah. me apart, Zero Two! <laughs> You're tearing me apart. Uh, yeah. Oh God. But uh, how's your sex life? <laughs> oh my sweet God. I can't believe I said that. I'm so sorry. Uh, but hi, uh, Doki. Seiko-san, you know, has also written uh, is the 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 entire script for Cabinary, the Iron Fortress, which I mm-hmm. it, I think is a a flawed show but a very good one very entertaining one that i enjoy a lot despite those flaws uh he wrote a couple of episodes of kakigurui uh fucking series composition for mob psycho 100 so this man can adapt just telling the mob psycho is fucking good series underratedly good um and uh shadon's you know most favorite show of all time Mm. Uh, Attack on Titan uh, screenwriter. <laughs> he's that too for a few episodes here and there. Uh, he's a lot of their like the Lost Girls novel, Issei's Notebook OAV, season two, season one. The, Hiroshi Seko has has his uh, his uh, pen. Can we say he's got a pen now? Uh, all over that and. Uh, He's also yeah, the, well, also the series compositor for uh, upcoming. Uh, man, this Hiroshi Seko is getting projects. Man, I mean, okay, say what we will, Darling the Franks, garbage. It turned out to be bad. But the beginning of 2018, I'm thinking, and probably a lot of other people are thinking, this is a high profile and good project to be associated with. Gets that? <laughs> oh, oh, everyone's chewed change real fucking fast on that one. <laughs> But then, right. Christ. But then, after that, right away, transitions to Banana Fish, and he's going to transition from Banana Fish immediately to adapt Vinland Saga, which is a fucking excellent manga, really, really <laughs> good uh, Viking fantasy story. Uh, you know what? I'll be fair to him. Like you know, let's not let everyone has their turkeys, and he works on a show that was bag of wank, to be honest. Um, I was trying to think of something that's polite there, but, you know, it's like my mother always said, you know, if you can't say anything nice, just be fucking up front with them and tell them straight. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, hey, fair play, Sue. And I'll say this, like, Banana Fish has never been bad. It has been, mm-hmm. at worst, rarely middling. That's it. And otherwise, it's been absolutely gripping. It's literally had me by the throat. And even in episodes such as this one, regressively, where it's not as, you know, uh, the heavy heights that it has been previously. Um, there are still touches here and there that elevate it beyond the usual fare, where I can point to something that's like, oh, look at this direction. This is really nice. This mm-hmm. is good. 
we're learning things about the characters here. This is good. Admittedly, however, so before we get into discussing this episode, I just want to oh, find no, out there's, people do. There's more. Go on. Go on. Oh, <laughs> go on, go on, go on. Well, we talked it. So that's Seko is the writer, and he has, you know, according to Wikipedia, written every episode. But uh, the same person has not sat in the uh, episode director's chair throughout the entire thing. And this episode, that chair is occupied by none other than Shinpei Izaki, whose resume is, well, it's mixed. Okay, it's a mixed bag. I, really thought, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say diabolical then. No, 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 no. <laughs> I really thought you were leading up to that. <laughs> uh, but uh, Izaki seems to have, have worked with Seko on Attack on Titan. They both worked on that. And I think they have one or two other things in common. I mean, Blue Exorcist uh, did no, no, Seko didn't work on Exorcist. Anyway, going to stop trying to cross-reference these and just say, so we got things here in Izaki's CV, like um, the Erased television show, did some storyboards. Oh, nice. Good. He, he mostly Good worked job. on the, the second half of that, storyboarding a couple of episodes in the back half of that. Um, uh, the director of, uh, is that Hanebad? Um, that sounds, that's a familiar title. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. I have no sort of memory of, of what it is. Um, uh, also, let's see, uh, storyboard for, hmm, man, there's some bad stuff in here. <laughs> I'm trying to look for a good mm. thing. Uh, oh, Sengoku Basara. I love Sengoku Basara. Uh, and, uh, Izaki did storyboard and episode direction for parts of that show. But also... You said that like you just suddenly had a bout of indigestion. This doesn't sound like it's going to end well. Space Brothers also is good. But uh, this uh, person directed not one, not two, but five episodes of perhaps the worst anime television show I've ever seen, Guilty Crown. And directed Ooh. the Lost Christmas Ooh. OAV. <laughs> oh, what a what a garbage heap Guilty Crown was. I hated it so much. Um, and then you know you have things like uh, storyboarding randomly for Ace Attorney, which was a very bad adaptation. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think well, you won't hear me. You won't hear me throw an objection out to that. <laughs> Woo. Too easy it's too easy to do this yeah i'm on full pun mode tonight i'm on full pun mode it's just <laughs> gonna keep happening folks i'm sorry i'll just throw it out there full pun all the way through no holes bar okay we have now discussed the creatives uh if anyone is interested in following their work on from here uh please continue please do that uh, like in Seko's case, you know, you may be like, uh, Frank's as a whole may be like just grading at you, but that doesn't mean that the creative can't go on to do interesting things. So now... Indeed. Unless, unless your name is Nishigori, in which case, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead anyway. Oof. Dead to me. Oof. Yeah, this should, I mean, I was thinking about this before, but um, to tangently say, you know what, right? I've real, I've, it comes to realize how much I hate that guy, because... 
he outright said that he had said no message in that show and I'm like you are so full of shit own own it own your message own your politics don't be like don't be one of those I'm not a racist but kind of people you know fucking own your politics don't try and lie when you literally storyboarded a scene so explicitly to point out that if you're not having kids you're a fucking waste of oxygen kiss my ass anyway I wanted to say before something very quickly about this right. episode um it was pointed out to us uh, at various points, I think Mirror in particular mentioned this, that the last quarter of Banana Fish is going to be compressed in a very Final Fantasy VIII time compression kind of way. And what's going to happen in a very short amount of time? And the thing is, like, I thought the previous episode was... It stuck, stuck out to me like as well as things where I was like, oh, this is clearly like three or four volumes of the manga compressed into one 22-minute block. This somehow feels worse. And the thing is, I'm willing to, I want to hear from people in the chat who have read it. How many volumes or how many pages did this particular episode cover? Because it felt like we had three or four different events that should have taken, mm-hmm. in theory, their own episode. Were this, say, the length of, I don't know, JoJo's? Like, if you had the same amount of episodes as part four, you could have easily extended this out. Only 1.5. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it did feel like you know the episode, like the episode was compressed. Out. And there's one particular scene that happens near the end where uh, Ash takes inspiration from Trinity in the Matrix, which just kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm it like, does. okay, when did he get here? Did like the, did he turn on no clip? Did he fucking <laughs> teleport? The fuck is this shit? But yeah, the Cow Strike match was not going well for me at that point, so I kind of get that. Kane, anyway, <clears throat> Kane, pass me the game shark. <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> So, here we Fucking go. Hacks, time to jump in. Undefeated. Summary time. Bing. So, first note I have is Sing collapses on the rooftop. Now, of course, at the beginning of the episode, AG wakes up. Not AG. I do this all the time. Ash wakes up, all bandaged up, and comes out to see AG on the roof. Sing shows up, and he looks, uh, well, pretty beaten up. And then uh, he collapses. Right, mm-hmm. OP, come back. Uh, Sing's men have been captured by Yu Lung, and he feels responsible for this. You know, he's let them down. He's, you know, dragged them into this, so to speak, uh, this affair of of ashes that they weren't all necessarily on board with, but they were loyal to him, and and he feels bad now that they've been caught. He's pleading with Ash, please. Like, you know, can't let this happen. We have to do something at Ash. Like, Ash is now the rock. He's, like, solid. He's, calm down, Sing. I'll help you. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. Oh, this is true. Mirror, Mirror points out, don't forget the love charm. Oh, and and a- AG, right. AG's like, that's AG's right. like, oh, that oh that fool, she gave me a love charm. Like, you yeah. damn bastard. Seriously. Dumb sister, she gave it to me like so I'd you know fall in love, find romance. A lot of good that did. Am I right, boyfriend? The show was taunting (laughs) us at this point. Like you know, it was like, oh, you know, we're keeping this, we're keeping this mostly platonic, but we're just going to tease you a little bit. I'm like, oh, boy. And they, you know, and Uh, then later on when they're like, I'm never getting married, be like, no, no, you don't have to marry a a woman. You can marry. Each other. You know, <laughs> I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining, right, imagine the scene where AG gives Ash that love charm and Ash puts it around his neck mm-hmm. and he gets shot. 
but this bullet hits the charm and therefore doesn't take him out. <laughs> you can so oh, man. see that. It's like the it's like the the scene in the uh, the Denzel Washington Man on Fire where he got shot in the Bible. <laughs> he had like a pocket Bible. <laughs> Ryan, oh no, my Bible! <laughs> and got you know the bullet went like three three quarters of the way into the the Bible or whatever. And uh, didn't quite yeah. go full New Testament. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Like most people, it got part of the way through the Bible and couldn't make it to the end. <laughs> Did better than me, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, but okay, oh. so um. Okay, cut to to Ute Lung, uh, in full bastard mode, uh, hair let down. Uh, you skipped over the scene in which Sing uh, oh. wakes up and speaks Sash. Who? Sing wakes up and speaks Sash. Oh, oh, well, uh, listen, trying to give a high level overview. Okay, we don't have to go over every scene. We'll this is true. To it. We'll get to it. Uh, but what? We'll so what it. happens? So yeah, he wakes up and he's like. You know, well, that's that's right before Ash says, it's cool, man. Like, I got it. I'll help you. Right? Which I did mention him saying, calm down, I'll help you. And Singh being like, oh. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, right. So, Yud Lung. Beautiful hair. Tousled. Uh, mm-hmm. Let his know, hair down, quite literally. Just all over the place. Let down. Uh, executing people. Just uh, murdering fools in front of Singh's boys, and is like basically exploiting. Uh, I what is the name of his uh, lieutenant, his second in command? I can't remember his name. Is is Lao something? Right? It is Lao. Yeah. But he's ex- exploiting Lao's uh, connection to shorter. You know, saying like, uh, like you didn't agree with um, Singh helping Ash, da, 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 da. despite, you know, Yutlung being part of the reason Shorter's dead and all that. Um, still, for what I, I thought, I thought Lao put up a really, he was like, look, uh, I hate you even more, you son of a bitch, because you helped kill Shorter. And I was like, well, I think you lost this one, Yutlung, but Yutlung actually was somehow able to... I think it showed part of this off-screen, like the actual deal that they struck, but mm. uh, they are going to infiltrate... We don't know all of this at the time, but they are going to, you know, in, in, integrate themselves back into uh, Ash's group and destroy them from within somehow. Betray them. Turn mm. on them. Classic heel turn will commence. Um mm-hmm. Poor, poor Sing. This is not going to be pretty when this happens. Um, and uh, in the limo, Blanca hitting Yulung right where it hurts. I mean, just holding nothing back. Well, Pulling... to be fair, it was, it was from Russia with love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's uh, Luke Young's new favorite film. Uh, oh, I, I have question. Uh, you'll hate when you know, they do this to you. Why do you go do it to them? I want to know. Uh, I mean, I am fond fond of your in Soviet Russia jokes, but you do not need to take them literally. (laughs) You do not need to turn it around exactly opposite way. Nah. (laughs) It's just, it's like stat, like putting a burning poker right in the, in between his ribs. Like, can I just, can I just say something about this scene, by the way? Um, Because I was just rewatching it just this second on silent. Uh, There is, 
There is an amazingly bad jump cut in this, I must say. Like, this completely caught me off guard. So when Long Light leans forward and yells, like, Blanca, it hard cuts to, like, a shot from the perspective outside the car looking mm-hmm. at Long's face. And I was, I felt like it had been slapped. I was like, whoa! Where the hell just, did that come from? That's how it felt loud like he a was yelling. Was missing. <laughs> it felt like a scene was missing. Like, it was so weird for them to transition from that to that and then just immediately move away from the limo scene entirely. Um, if I had to speculate, this is wild fucking crystal ball shit here, um, I'd imagine that they probably adapt this quite closely from the way it's framed in the manga, but there were probably Maybe. a couple of different uh, blocks, or whatever you all call them, that fill in the gap between that and what is the jump cut in the show, uh, but they couldn't put them in there because of lack of time. And, it, and honestly, it was just really jarring. It's not a big deal, to be quite honest, because it's not, you know, the end of the world and all mm-hmm. that. Not like seeing the boom mic inside a live-action show or anything like that. Um, but it just, the, it's one of those times where I thought, wow, that was that was just weird. I like seeing Mr. Fantastic's hand as a glove on a broom. <laughs> Are you referring to the uh, Roger Corman film by any yes. chance? <laughs> Best the, Fantastic Four film the there the is, you know, yes. that's Oh my god. It's been too long since I've seen it. I need to revisit that. Um, ah, good old Roger Corman. He's a hard-working man. <laughs> I mean, I just... The fact that you can only understand about 60% of what Doctor Doom says is incredible. <laughs> just the mask muffling him. <laughs> so good. Uh, but Jeff points out that... Uh, you know, well, and then so Mira says, "Look, this conversation in the car didn't even happen in the in the manga. This is a totally different kind of scene." And well, so the jump cut. Uh, gosh, I've got I've got three things I'm trying to talk about at the same time. I didn't mind the jump cut so much because, I mean, to me, it just kind of underscored just how fucking pissed Yutlung was. Like, I mean, he wants to do this dastardly bullshit and not be called. Like, he's like, "Yes, I know." I fucking know what I'm doing. I'm a hypocrite. Like, I, I, I'm gonna just exact the same kind of revenge upon the world that was visited upon me. But I don't. I don't care what you, Blanca, have to say about it not being right or felt like fuck all that. Just shut the fuck up. You're mm-hmm. my hired gun, okay? And then, so Jeff points out that um, Blanca also t- like talks about Yutlung's kind of war on Ash, and I think in a reprimand is not the right word but like i guess kind of a retribution a gentle well well, so um blanca is kind of gently admonishing yutlung it it seems like and saying look uh you know what you're doing is part of your revenge but it seems like you're just playing a game with ash and his people and while like ash actually you know you have to respect, like, he's fighting for his life here. It's kind of a different thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you, Lung did not enjoy, did not enjoy what happened. Um, so, suddenly, uh, Ash and Kane uh, and Sing break into this, you know, hideout. Ruining a perfectly good game of Mahjong while they were at it, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on. Uh, someone was about to uh, someone was about to pay off their college. But no. Uh, it got broken up. See, there's 
the most like unsecure criminal hideout of all time. Uh, Ash mm-hmm. shoots everyone. Ash, you know, parentheses, entirely recovered from the month of malnutrition at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I would say back to his fighting best, but he's as you're going to point out, he's exceeding that. He's leveling up. He's like a fucking Saiyan. You know, he gets close to death from an encounter, comes mm. back even stronger. So he kills everyone with his gun. Uh, and Kane and Singh free uh, his boys. Um, what what did I write here? What does this say? Uh, 200 grams of flour, four uh-huh, eggs, uh-huh. a cup of sugar, mm-hmm. you know, uh, vanilla. The crew is saved. Um, Colonel Fox gets introduced. Uh, oh fuck, Colonel Fox! Yeah, there's uh, a, a, yeah. a decent transition when the folks are leaving the warehouse. It kind of zooms out uh, to indicate like this is not just happening in real time for the audience. It's actually a video, closed circuit, being watched by Dino. You know the reporting uh, snitch Yu Lung here, and. Uh, the new dastardly villain being brought in to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to to mm-hmm. get Ash to bring back Ash alive at any cost, spare no expense. Colonel Fox, ladies and gentlemen, Colonel Fox has, has arrived. He's in the building. Give him a hand. He's making his entrance on the stage here. Three episodes to go. Welcome, welcome to you, Colonel Fox. Three X's on that fox, I presume. Uh, so the crew is. Uh, it actually, it actually depends on whether or not you read his profile on the phone or listen to the subtitles or read them rather, because he has two X's on the subtitles, but then he also has a single X on his profile. But then again, as we'll learn, like I'm beginning to really adore Banana Fish's capacity for trying its hardest to fill out like all the phone screens and books mm-hmm. with actual text, mm-hmm. but then having some really, really great clangers in there, like the arm police that we learn about later. That's real, like. They literally says the arm the police will now investigate. Yes. yes. Uh, but... Mira, you're not going to hear much of a disagreement from me for one simple reason. Uh, as Doc Riley pointed out, it is currently, if I check my you know episode counting watch here, it's pretty close to the end, and we're parachuting in yet another, you know, villain to fight Ash. Like you know, who next? Are we going to have fucking Cobra Commander next? <laughs> I hope so. The fuck- <laughs> I like where does this end? Are we gonna get Skeletor in on this? <laughs> Please, play there. I what if it was? Me, what if? Okay, yeah. Links. <laughs> what if it was a fucking like <laughs> just a Final Fantasy IX situation? Where oh, it really will be. Just you yeah. thought you thought you know you knew who the final boss was, but no, it's me, a giant evil void, come to claim you all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So yes, the debut of Fox. Uh, well, and the next scene I have in my notes um, is actually one of, if not the best scenes in this episode, uh, in terms both of shot composition and of content. Um, it is when Singh asks, you know, uh, asks Ash mm-hmm. about shorter. At the end, mm-hmm. you know, was he like Hua Lung? Um, mm-hmm. And Ash facing away 
course, from saying says uh, that he killed him before that could happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a very heavy scene, laden with a lot of unspoken words and thick emotions. And like it's shot very well. Really good stuff. Um, and then it's Return of the Max. He comes back. He's Max uh, Lobo returns on the show and plays a significant part in the story. Finally. Max is Max. Yes. Uh, Remax. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, he and Ash uh, go to uh, a gay club. You know, definitely one of the, you know, I can check that off the old, uh, off the old list. One of the things I definitely wanted to happen. Can to I just say, club. I love the fucking license of this club. Oh, it's good. It's very good. It's 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 literally straight out of the retro wave book. I'm all over it. The only thing that was missing was more fucking like grid lines, like I and some holograms and shit. Do you but like yeah. it better or not as much as the club in Cosmic Star Heroine? That was a good club scene. That one took me by surprise. It was a full-on concert in that game, and I was not expecting them to go to that. Those well, links. the thing, Mira, I believe me, I made the joke before. Like, I mean, come on, let's start a war and nuclear. War. That's what I literally went to do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it just right. The jokes write themselves. Honestly, they do. Well, so you have to answer the question about which which club do you prefer? <laughs> uh, I'm. Oof, I, it's been a long time since I played Cosmic Heroine. Uh, what's another? I'm just icon- gonna say, what's another iconic club? Valhalla. There you go. Job done. <laughs> That's more of a bar, but it's 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 a fair comparison. I was gonna say, what about the club in the opening scene in Blade? <laughs> yeah, it's, Ooh, that's kind of not a scene you don't want to you don't want to be part no, of that no, scene, I, and no, it doesn't I'm look as cool. It, it's very dingy. From, club, club night from John Wick Two. There you go. Well, you're talking about movies I haven't seen now, so <laughs> we've established <laughs> this. <laughs> Still gets me. Ah. Oh. Sorry, I like action movies. I promise. I haven't seen John Wick uh, one or two. Yeah. What if I just saw yeah. John Wick two but didn't see the first one? I you can actually that. get away with that. To be honest, the, the plot continuity is thin. You're mostly just there for the fact that it's just great action. What if I just watched Die Hard three without watching the other time? You, that's actually probably one of the worst ones I'm, to be quite I know, honest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, just watch Blade Trinity. Don't watch the other two Blade movies. Oh, you would have to pick the worst one. As it's one. so bad. Despite oh, having no. despite having Triple H in it, it is the worst one. Go, yeah, go go and watch Terminator Genesis next if you feel like. <laughs> I by the way, uh, I by actually like the, the third one of those though. I liked Salvation. Salvation was the fourth. The third oh. was Rising. What, uh, oh, oh so which is the one where they first introduced the lady, Terminator? That is Terminator uh, Rise of the Machines. Okay. Is that Terminator Salve- 3? That is Terminator 3. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's the one that I saw. Yeah, I oh, like speaking that of one. Clubs, more, way speaking more than of I clubs, thought I would. The club from Terminator 1, Technoir. What a name for a club. It's a good one. That is a that's, good uh, God, that's like Mount Rushmore of club names. That is That's fucking brilliant, isn't it? It's totally uh, good. But yeah, by the way, if you want my, uh, you know, my hot take, or rather, well, not really hot take, because everyone agrees with it. But if you want my quick take here on Terminator Genesis, it's a bag of dog shit. Don't watch it. Hmm. It has a it has a moment where Arnold is about to jump out of a helicopter and it plays the da 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 theme like it's a fucking joke. 
I'm like. So, so you're saying I should pencil this in for podcasts that we do for Mystery Bando Theater. <laughs> Doc, do you want do you want the revolver or the double barreled shotgun? Oh, uh, you can pick your poison here. I'll give you both, even if you want. <laughs> you know. Moving on, then. Um, so yes, they go to the the gay club, mm-hmm. the unnamed gay club, and uh, Max is uncomfortable. And uh, Ash says, "Just, just chill, dude. It's cool. Like, you're the one who thought of this idea. Put your arm around me." Uh, Max gets hit on, gets groped, is not uh, mm-hmm. enjoying that very much. And uh, Ash is like, uh, "Well, guess what? This happens to me. <laughs> this and worse happens to me all the time." I feel like so. There is. Um... Oh, and then and then Max says, "Boy, being targeted for sex sure is a drag." I gotta pee, and then uh, you know. Yeah, that's 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 a great idea for you to do, Max. Rather than just you know holding it until you get home, giving your own. I mean, not that I'm saying like you know that it's wrong. What basically, if he's got a hang up, now is probably not the time for him to be going in there. Let's put it that way. Oh. Well, so like, I remember. Gosh, it's probably been a. It's been several months since, and I haven't seen this person in chat in a while. Uh. Gosh, I can't remember their name, and they didn't have an icon uh, either. But uh, they were pointing out that um, they they were making the argument that Banana Fish was um, like a female empowerment show, and you know, ladies are meant to see themselves through Ash. And uh, this is certainly a scene where I think, like, if you were going to make that case, like, you could you could point to this scene. Mm-hmm. This is very like straightforwardly didactic it feels i mean true of course like yes like i mean you'll get no argument from me about the message of this you know i mean women have to go through shit on a daily basis that men just have no idea about and can't even imagine the emotional and mental toll that it takes on you and uh, i'm glad max is learning that lesson um also surprisingly inappropriate observation given what will happen later to, uh, in the same episode who will return? Who I was not expecting. Mm, but I right. was so happy. Yeah, oh, back. for sure. For sure. Um, Even what? though I have a horrible feeling that stupid shit's going to happen again. Um, Let me just... Please, please, we don't... No, no. Think one thought, stop. Yes. You just got to get the comfort Totoro. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, General, General Foxy turns up at the... Fox yep. Mm-hmm. Fox shows up and... Uh, then is like hey big boy can I buy you a drink I'm here with someone oh that's a shame shows up I guess just to fuck with Ash later let me twist my mustache (laughs) really he is just like I could kill all of them but I mean what would be the fun in that I am Frieza lord of the oh wait a minute no I'm reading the wrong script I'm Colonel Fox (laughs) a random person who's supposed to be dead um so then uh why do they go to this person's apartment they're trying to get pictures okay so the owner of the bar is is called frank uh but his name is apparently frog they know him as like Uh, he looks like a frog yeah and he and he was one of the guys who worked with golzine and you know unfortunately he decided to have his way with several you know young men 
including Ash. And mm-hmm. Ash, is, uh, I think Max was claiming the pictures back, or rather, why to get the pictures back? Right. So they could, you know, get him taken to justice and, you know, look after the kids. It was very glossed over, I must, I must confess. It happened really um, quick. That's, that, that, that's what happens. They essentially go, want to go there to go and get the photos back from Miss Froggy Frog. Frog. Okay. Or Mr. T- I'm, I'm surprised they didn't call him Mr. Toad, to be honest, but maybe the Wind in the Willows thing would... <laughs> that's right. His wild ride. <laughs> Boy, that's oh. Oh, inappropriate. Oh, no. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Uh, but, uh, so, in the... Um, in in that scene where they go into Mr. Froggy's apartment, um, Ash has a gun pulled on him, and uh, you know you have the. Uh, it would be really really tasteless if if someone used this scene to uh, fade into a saliva anime music video. Uh, you know you know the one I mean, right? The the one and only saliva song, click click boom. <laughs> Because Ash has his click, click, click moment, where which I think is pretty badass. I really like that scene. Sorry, it's a really bad fucking new metal joke that I thought you would appreciate, but uh, so... Whoosh. <laughs> man, I, I just that when you said saliva for somebody, when you when when you said um, saliva, all I could think of was Kathleen from Part Three doing the row, row, row with the fucking <laughs> cherry. Okay, that's all that came to mind. Like, right. Understood. Rare, 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 rare. Understood. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> it's not happening. Well, so yeah, Ash is reliving his trauma there uh, when he's got this person at gunpoint. Not a very safe uh, situation for Mister Froggy, who cracks under pressure, and because he knows he's about to die, Max has to say, "Hey, hey, don't kill him." Just you know, because he's sinisterly like sort of the the cocking of the gun, the gun noises kind of fade into the clicking of the camera as Ash remembers all the pictures being Yeah, that scene him. was really well that scene was really well animated. It was and it was uh it was a nightmare. It was a fucking nightmare of a scene. <laughs> and look, uh Frog is lucky he didn't get his his fucking head blown off. Uh and they get the pictures, and Frog begs for his life. Ash spares him because he's nice, and then Frog makes some kind of starts to make some kind of phone call, which I guess would like sort of start the process of getting revenge upon Ash for this yeah. shame he has caused him here. And but, but, but no, then, but then no, but then, but then he is uh, disarmed by the arrival of you know Colonel Fox. Sorry. A fox is in the frog house. Uh, Too easy. And so, yeah. What did you tell that handsome young man? Cut away. Um, and the next, the next words I have in my uh, notebook uh, are Harlem Chicken. Harlem Chicken. <sighs> oh my. Harlem Chicken. <sighs> Harlem chicken is probably actually is a thing you can buy. Like you could probably get from a street vendor. I oh, that's, yeah, it really was probably yeah. It's like a little food cart, just yeah, printed outside. Hey, give me some of that Harlem chicken. Oh, oh no, that was a that was a disgusting accent. I'm so sorry. Was that like a New York accent? 
I don't really know what it was. I think it was just like a, you know, a melange of pretty much every American accent I've ever absorbed, <laughs> you know, pop culture. Good word you spelled the bad. with uh, melange. Um, hello to yeah, I've, read, I've, read, I've read a few books. So. <laughs> I like it. I like the... It's, um... Hey, I'm a, wanna, I'm a wannabe author. I've got to know words and language and stoof. That's stoof spelled S-T-O-O-F. Oh, okay. I was like thinking that it was a an actual. It's like, oh no, it's just. It's a. Um, I clearly have a glittery, literary career ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it becomes clear in this scene when you know the death of Harlan Chicken and Killer Bee occur that uh, Colonel Fox is trying to pit the leaders of the alliance against each other. You know, Kane. Can I just ask you a quick question, actually? Just yeah. it's just come to mind. Do you reckon Banana Fish might have been inspiration for Hideo Kojima's naming of the Fox Sound unit with all the fucking animals? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I haven't really. Like, so I'm not as into Metal Gear Solid as some people. So I haven't sought out a bunch of Kojima interviews Lufa? and such. Lufa? So... Lufa! Lufa's leaving. <laughs> no. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Good night. Dun, good night, Luther. Thanks for stopping. Good night, Luther. Uh, Thanks for just going back. But, like, Kojima, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his influences are, honestly. So, he may have talked about it before. He could be right. Um, but, anyway, so this is a point where this, this thing occurs to me, but it hasn't yet occurred to Ash, right? That. That, that the leaders are being pitted against each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kane's like, oh, hey, Singh, did you rat us out? And Singh, no way, man, no way. I'd never do that, man. Come on. What you talking about? It's me, man. It's me. It's Singh. And uh, Ash is just like, shut up. Go sit in the corner, both of you. And uh, <laughs> gotta figure this shit out. It's true. That's basically what it is. Uh, I'm surprised he put Singh in time out. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Oh come on, man! He started it. Come on, let me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> He's like the little uh, chicken hawk in, in Looney Tunes. Don't, don't you mean Harlem Chicken Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> oh, I guess that would make also Ash Foghorn Leghorn. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I say, I say. Sing, I say, sing. <laughs> I am no chicken. That there is a bona fide chicken. Um, I wish I could do a better foghorn like horn. Uh, no one could do that. It's not as. It's not as. Uh, I should work on. I should try to listen to foghorn in a minute. Your wife's gonna be asking you some questions about what you do in front of the mirror every. <laughs> yes. Honey, you practice see foghorn like on yet? No, what? I say no. I'm not. <laughs> Boy. Uh. So, um, oh, okay. Again, struggling reading my notes, but, uh, Ash also ponders at this point with, uh, Kane, like, hey, why was it so easy to save Singh's men? Let's think about it. Boy, that's a, you know, I haven't thought of that. That's really, yeah, that was a really shittily guarded hideout. Um, so they're thinking about it. And... While they are thinking about it, uh, I don't know if anything else happens between now and then, but uh, 
they get attacked, right? Or no, wait, they don't get attacked. Uh, are, are, do they get attacked or do they make the plan right here? My notes skip ahead quite far. But, um... um they... Uh, Ash goes with Kane, uh, back to Kane's, like, you know, hideout. Oh, right, lost, right, because he looks in on the... And uh, then they've already mostly... All of his men have already been gunned down, but then they get ambushed. And that's when mm-hmm. you definitely get one of the, you know, the... Okay, we might not be changing the sensibilities, but by fucking God, are we going to get some fingerprint scanning in this show? Like, we're adapting this for the future, baby. Because <laughs> yeah. Ash is able to fucking, like, pull the finger from, from one of the dead soldiers who attacked mm-hmm. him. And he's like, well, this guy's dead. And Kane's like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's all right. Like, it's a repeat of the Die Hard 2 joke, funnily enough. Uh-huh. Well, he's dead. I'm like, I mean, you can get an autopsy report to tell me that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh- that's right, and he's so they send it to his his guy, right? Yeah, uh, this by called? the way is where we get. What's his name? I can't remember. It's been too many episodes, but he ruled. Joe, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, Huggy Bear. I don't fucking know. Um, by the way, when we get the profile back on Ash's phone again, because Banana Fish loves filling in all the details on this, uh, the hair color of this gentleman is apparently black. But it most distinctly is not black. It is no. brown. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes this happens in anime. I have, I have a good chuckle at stuff like that because I really appreciate that. Like, I always appreciate when shows take the time to fill in minor stuff that you won't even notice unless you pause it. Um, it's Easter egg hunting for people like us. Uh, and, you know, not doing the fucking, you know, Laura Mipsum doll or whatever bullshit yeah. that you always see. I like that. I like they take the time for that, but it just means we get funny stuff like that and the earlier thing of the arm police. <laughs> the arm police. The arm police. Uh, right. Um, so after they get the info from, yes, the, about the arm police from their, their guy, Ash's uh, weapons dealer, who, again, I wish I could remember his name because, again... Ah, that was his name. That rules. was who it was, yeah. Um, so, like... That we discover that Colonel Fox and his buddies are French mercenaries, so we get another ethnicity added to the melting pot here. Of mm-hmm. uh, you know, American, Japanese, we got Chinese, we got the Russian, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, now we have uh, uh, what's do we get Fox's first name? Is it just like Jacques, uh, Jacques Fox, Pierre Fox? Actually, Fox. he's not French, he's from Belgium. I remember Claude. that from his profile. Oh, oh, enough. yeah, okay, so he's just employed by the French, so. Yeah. So he wouldn't have like you know, like, ah, le ash, you know. So he would not have the, a bad, <laughs> a bad French accent. Come here, no. mon ami, allow me to teach you of the love and the passion. Leave this edge behind, and come with a real man who knows everything there is to know about the passions. Considering, <clears throat> considering that General Fox looks more like it looks like a less emaciated scythe master, I don't <laughs> imagine him speaking in French. He does look like the scythe master. Holy shit! Wrong, Holy shit! He really does. He's like the older, healthier brother. Oh. I mean, just to be fair, scythe master's first name was Giuseppe, so it all kind of fits together. <laughs> just he's European master yeah. family. Um, it's okay, Goldstein. I've got a plan. I have a 16-year-old girl wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask. She will kill the fuck out of this kid. Yep. Yep. Bring in uh, Ayn. Ayn versus and I, Ash. And Ayn just runs up to him and he just goes, bang, because he's so much better than she is. It's not even fucking funny. <laughs> I 
That's right. In case you missed, in case you missed point. us, in case you missed our podcast on Phantom, that's also a bag of shit. Don't watch it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Phantom, Phantom, real bad. Uh, source oh, material cool. might not be as bad. There are interesting elements in Phantom. There are bunchy things again. Funnily enough, there's your there's yeah, your link. Mm-hmm. That's what we said earlier. So what else happens in this episode? Um, Jessica, uh, oh, we get a Counter Strike game. Jessica's back. Hooray! Oh, Counter Strike. Uh, yeah, um, there you go. It's not exactly D dust or anything like that, but it'll do. It's an okay, <laughs> okay. app. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. He brings but in yes. the, the true Mercs uh, for yeah. the final showdown. But you, you are entirely correct. Jessica does return. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes. I'm so happy she's back. Because uh, I'm like, she seemed way too cool to be a one shot character. I'm so glad that she's back. Yeah, well, it's because the threat level is quite high. You know, uh, <laughs> Ash has gotten them into some trouble, some shit. And so the families of those involved must be guarded. Um, we get a very nice scene, right, of uh, Ash and Aji sharing a warm cup of mineral water. You know, the thing that brings mm. true lovers together, the warm cup of mineral water. And, uh, you know, Ash is stressing out, trying to kind of plan the scenario for the upcoming battle. But Eiji, again, tells him something that I think is is fairly obvious, and that, uh, you know, it clicks in, in Ash's brain, and he forms a battle plan that he thinks is much better. Uh, he's going to draw them into the building. I thought they were going to try to blow the building up, <laughs> but I guess mm-hmm. they don't have explosives. Um, so, yeah, uh, ne- Jessica now knows about everything. Uh, Max manages to tell her what all is going on, and uh... they have a blazing row, which results in Ag and uh, Ash looking on like, "Not this shit again." <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, brother, I'm never, I'm never gonna get married. They say again, doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. You can marry each other. Uh, you take that back. Yeah, please. Um, and sing, you know, when he when he leaves has a very cute sort of like he's always looks very happy looks much happier than anyone else in this situation mm-hmm. just like don't you die ash i'm counting on you to be back you know and ash just like you know gives him the old i don't know fucking top gun reply or whatever like yeah we're we'll fly these skies again chum mm-hmm. buddy old boy <laughs> and uh sing goes away with uh the traitors in waiting. Uh, and also Jessica, for some reason. And Eiji. Uh And then the firefight commences. Ash does a lot of cool stuff. Um, he teleports to the roof and then decides mm-hmm. to pull a trinity from the Matrix by jumping through the window for reasons. Somehow doesn't get shot. Uh, at Kane as well. Somehow avoids all gunfire. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of it. They're drastically outgunned. Uh, the quality of the weapon of the opposition is, you know, the, uh, you know, what is it? The, the, the DPS check is not on their side. The, the DPS yeah. of uh, fucking well, Mercs well, is very high. All, all the Foxes people pre-ordered the game and therefore... Access the <laughs> they got the away. bonus weapons! Yeah, they pre-ordered. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking pay-to-win cheaters. Oh, jerks. Why would you do that? Why would you pre-order Absolutely. a thing that we can all download 
There will be no demand oh, issues or supply side issues. I keep getting prompts to pre-order the fucking Robin Hood film that came out recently. I'm like, you could not like if the if it said minus on the money and you gave me money to pre-order it, no. I'd be okay with that. No. But other than that, piss the fuck off, YouTube. I'm not watching that fucking turd anytime soon. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed, to be honest with you. Keep it that way. It's I bad. mean what, who's who's in it? Uh Axis, okay, apparently. Actor, yes. Yeah, Axis. <laughs> uh, People who, who have professional acting credits, apparently. Whoever happened to be at the sci-fi original studio lot that day. They were oh, movie. Jamie Foxx is in it, cashing oh. his fucking paycheck. This he's done Django Unchained. He's, he's done some great films in his time. He doesn't need to work for any art anymore. He no, exactly. Just... He's done his art movies. He's, uh, he's yeah, you know, He made Ray. He made uh, Django. Mm-hmm. You know, he made... Uh, uh, well, Southern this wasn't Fall. an art film, Southern, but he made a very Southern successful Fall. action movie with Tom Cruise. Sudden Fall, live a- action banana fish, uh, General Fox played by Christoph Waltz. That's, there you go. Good casting right there. This is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm into this. Uh, mm-hmm. Who the hell would play Ash, though, and AG? That's a tough one. Uh... <laughs> uh... I don't know, is the honest answer. Um, it'll probably hit by, me like it. I'll probably wake up at a. I'll wake up at a cold fucking sweat at four o'clock. It's my life. I know it. Finally figured out who could play him, and then I'll have no one stop him. Aji played by uh, <laughs> young Japanese wrestler Ayato Yoshida, <laughs> who's quite quite the looker. He he could pass for he could pass for Aji for sure, uh, and, and uh, he could pass for a former athlete. You know, being a wrestler, he's. He's got he's in good shape, got a nice physique. He could you know, you could believe he's a pole vaulter, Ayato Yoshida. Um formerly of Kaintai Dojo, now of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh Bones gets shot. Um Oh no. The pink <laughs> <laughs> Your astounding lack of care for bones tickles me. But uh yeah like, Bones got like, shot. Well, he's a bare bones character, so there you go. Sorry, that was pretty. <laughs> well, um, Max also gets captured, taken as a hostage. Jessica turns around mid plan. I just... still love that idiot. I swear, I'm gonna go find him, darling. I'm I... coming back to you. <laughs> oh, no, man. listen. Like, when I don't want to, you know, crap on on her. She's great. She's very, she just knows what she wants and she goes for it. She's like, look, it's a bad plan. I'm not dealing with this. Going back for my husband. End of. Uh, well, it's, it's, this, it's this show, so that means obviously one of the two of them is going to die because we can't have a healthy, healed up, you know, regular head relationship. That's not me being mean spirits or anyone. I'm just taking the piss because I just, you know full well. No, she's like, totally going to save them. Like, she's going to make sure, like, if she didn't do this, the plan of Lao and his buddies to betray Singh would happen, but now their plan has been thrown off to a significant degree because Singh mm-hmm. has, Singh follows her. He's like, "Yeah, let's go back. Come on, go team." You know, it's like <laughs> I am charged with protecting this lady. Let's do it. Uh, and you know, he's he goes back what? with her, and the Lao's people the are like, did, "Fuck! What are you fucking doing?" Do it like right before this. They're like, 
Alright, loud, come on, let's fucking go. Let's do this shit. Ash is in here, let's do it. And he's just like, shut the fuck up. Come on, keep that shit test not the right time. I honestly the the volume on what they were saying was loud enough that they could have literally heard it. <laughs> I'm I am so stunned. <laughs> they usually I know. Were like guys, I, I can totally hear you. Yeah. Seeing so, you talking about Yo, dudes. Are you talking about betrayers? No. I swear, no. What are you guys you whispering about back there? Tell me. I'm Since Sing when the, Su Lee. When the fuck did Sing turn into Martin Prince from The Simpsons? <laughs> what the fuck, talk? He's just so happy all the time now, bounding around. Like, though, though, so he was appropriately sort of, you know, down when they're talking about Shorter. But, I mean, that last oh, wow. shot of him is all him like, I'm a good person. You know? <laughs> Just like, yeah. I'm a serial killer, and I'm not even told to ride the teacups at Disneyland. He's a sweet lad, Sing Su Ling. He's a sweet lad. Uh, good boy. Good boy. Salvageable. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Get him back in school. All right. Get him on the path to success. Get him out of the. You know, he can't associate with those other boys like Lao. He needs to be studying. He needs to be his sister. Uh, shorter sister needs to take him in, watch over him, get him through. Done deal. All right, we can save this boy. Save him. Um. Uh, I, that's pretty much it, right? Like at, at Max gets taken hostage, and uh, Fox, you know, it's like, hey, yo, you know the game. I got someone that you care about at gunpoint. So get out here, and he does. End of episode. The Undefeated. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Indeed. Whew. Um, so Ash has surrendered and is now probably going to go end up going back to fucking Golzine again. He, like... No, that can't happen. There's going to be another God. gunfight. It cannot... It absolutely can't go back. It just... I hope I hope not, because if he was any more of a boomerang, he'd be fucking exactly. Australian. Exactly, yes. That's what I said. Ash the yo-yo. Just, uh... Yeah. Boy. Ooh, right. Um, Talking points time. I don't Talking really have a lot to say about this episode, but I'll just do one. I'll do one brief uh, talking point, which is about direction, because we did bring up the fact that there are, you know, um, directors uh, on each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were two scenes in this episode that I really liked, even though they were kind of simple. Um, but they still worked. Uh, the first one is between Sing and Ash when Ash tells uh, Sing, you know, that he killed Shaws before he went completely, where his brain basically turns completely to mushroom banana fish. Um, the way this is framed is that Ash is walking down a flight of stairs and Sing is at the top of this flight. So mm-hmm. Sing, a very short man by normal, is standing over this man who has otherwise been above him in every respect, apart from actual criminal rank, I suppose, because Ash is technically not a leader of a gang anymore, or at least not a leader of a large criminal gang. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. So it's a power play. It's a staging thing to show that Sting has finally you know, grown up and matured to stand up and ask the actual question he wants to know, get the answer he wants, um, and Ash you know, does indeed tell him. And the other one, which I'm really fond of. Um, so we have the moment in which uh, Ash you know, has got the photos from Froggy, who finally does fucking croak. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, With their fucking lizard tattoo and the letter K. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that's yeah. supposed to mean. Clizzard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What does that mean? What does it mean? Clizzard. 
or no, maybe it's just a gecko, and it's like gecock. <laughs> That's a gecock. That's it's a. Is he is he doing is he doing yeah. product placement for Geico? <laughs> what? <laughs> is that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, was. anyway, anyway, that's incredible. Anyway, um, so this scene, right? The opening shot of it is, uh, boy, um, and he just emerges from the hand. He's like, "Boy, this is a tricky situation. I guess this is not the right time to tell you you could save fifteen percent on car insurance by switching <laughs> to Geico." <laughs> Emerge, goes like, sinks back into the hand. No, I'm just here for the fucking pictures, you, you fucking actually bastard. Anyway, um, so. This, this would scene, be a right? very bad uh, product placement. <laughs> it would be, yeah. God, he looks God, right at the camera support. when he says it. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, this scene. Oh. So Ash is there with... Mm. Thank you for bringing that up, Mira. We'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead. We Absolutely. So this scene, uh, Ash is there with Max and is it... What was the name of his colleague again? The editor guy. I can't remember. I don't, I don't recall. Did they say this, it? This, they did this, say this it. Is, Mr. Journalism, there we go. Yeah. He's there with Mr. Journalism. Yeah. There we are. Okay, fine, whatever. Now, J. Max and Mr. Max and Mr. Journalism are looking over the mm-hmm. photographs they've got on a laptop, which caught me a bit by surprise. I thought they were Polaroids, but they're mm-hmm. viewing them on. But that, who gives a fuck about that? Um, and Ash, on the other hand, is actually leaning against a pillar because they're, they're on an underpass mm-hmm. on the opposite side. So he's not only looking away from the laptop, but he's actually got a physical barrier between him and the laptop where the pictures are, which, of course, are pictures of him and other boys being raped by Froggy and various other, you know, horrible evil people who I hope are dead, or if not, will be dead soon. I really like this, because, first off, as hard uh, as Ash appears, to use an English term here, like, you know, as, you you know, as, you know, solid as he seems on the outside, like, you know, that he's... nothing can get past his armor. Mm-hmm. That's not true. He does allow himself moments of vulnerability where he shows that he, you know... I mean, I think it was suggested in the previous stream that, you know, one of the ways to see this is Ash as a trauma victim and a a, Mm -hmm. a survivor. And this is certainly it, because he doesn't want to look at these pictures. And as we'll allude to in the scene in a bit when we talk about what happens with Max burning them, uh, that will be important as well. But I really like the use of this pillar here because he actually had to be comfortable with knowing that they're in close by and that people are looking them. He only has to be looking away. He has to have something physically in between him and the pictures in question. But something tangible that blocks his line of sight and makes it feel like they're in a separate world. And this is not anything that's commented on by anyone. No one points out to him. No one explicitly says to him, oh yeah, you know, you're hiding behind there. It's all entirely subtext. It's all subtle. And I really appreciate it. It's a very small thing. It probably was in the manga as framed. But the thing is, even if it was, I'm still glad it survived its adaptation. If it wasn't, I'm glad they made the change to do it. Because it's not just about what the characters are saying, mm-hmm. but it's also what the actual film language is communicating right. to you. The framing, the placement of characters, the staging, the lighting, where they're looking, what they're doing. So, small things, but this again just goes to show that even just little bits like that mm-hmm. can really help texture a character's, you know reactions to something and then turn our understanding as an audience of that character's emotional state mm-hmm. no that was great that's, I mean, all, I... that's all i've got by the way i haven't completely out of things of wise to say other than oh actually no i have one other thing well i'll save that but it's only going to be very brief okay because we've already can hey right. over to you <laughs> okay uh 
Where's my mouse? Where did it go? All right. Next point. Sounder is important. So how Harlan mouse has gone missing? Exactly. Totoro, find it. Get on that. Harlan uh, Totoro gets on it. <laughs> Harlan mouse. Uh, well, my first. Let's deal with the small fry. This is a very minor complaint that doesn't even have anything to do with the show at all. Just something I noticed about the delivery mechanism here. One, Amazon. Uh, when I am, uh, you know, looking for the show and I find it and I click upon it and I am taken to the landing page of said show, you get the title Banana Fish, you get a little description, other kinds of data, mm-hmm. and you get who's starring in the show. Oh, good. I can find out who all the voice actors... Oh, wait a minute. No, I can't. Because it has the friggin' fictional character names. <laughs> but in a Starring. Fish, Ash starring. Ash Links. AG. This is oh, literally... You know what the thing is? I mentioned Mel Gisol before. This is the same shit that happened in the Phantom Pain, where you every mission you played opened up with a title credits, like, you know, of mm-hmm. starring uh, Punished Venom Snake. And revolver, Shalash Shashka Oslo. I'm like, really? <laughs> Kojima, I know you love TV. I fucking know you love TV. I know that you love Breaking Bad. I know <laughs> that you bad, would literally. Yeah. I know full well that you would grind up a DVD box set of Breaking Bad into a fine powder and snort up a tube from you know a fucking straw from McDonald. Right. I know you do that, but you're not making a TV show. Stop it. <laughs> and Amazon, you could stop that shit as well. Yeah, I mean, the actual voice actors' names. If I put Ash links into a fucking, you know, IMDb, it's probably going to come up with I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to end up with. Fucking naked nature documentary or some shit. Like Steve Irwin, the Crocodile Hunter. What the fuck? Honestly, Uh, Ag Okumura. I blank IMDb. Uh, Probably put links in. (laughs) (laughs) Once pole vaulted. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times on Amazon, like, I don't actually know if you can do it with Banana Fish, but, um, I should, like, try to test it on some of my devices, but during the show, if you turn on a setting or, like, move the mouse or press a button on your controller, if you're watching at home or whatever, a lot of times they will surface data about the actors and even voice actors, um, they certainly mm-hmm. did with Cabinary of the Iron Fortress when I was watching on there. That was like the first big get a couple years ago for Amazon, that show. But I don't know if uh, they are doing it for Banana Fish, and I wish they would surface the, the actors. Um, boy, it was uh, it was quite something. Because uh, I just noticed that for the first time today. Really? That's mildly annoying. All right, but let's talk about the episode. Um, the scene that Mira mentioned, I think, oh boy. <sighs> so, I have an unpopular opinion about that scene that I didn't think it was that good. I'm sorry. Your, your audio literally cuts out when you said that as if you censored yourself. <laughs> oh no, did I, uh, oh. you, 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 <clears throat> I can still hear you, but you're just for a brief saying, like, I literally could have, if I was doing this a podcast, I could have literally pointed sense beeps over it. I have an unpopular episode. I didn't think that particular scene was. Well, 
I, or I could put in like noises of like you know air horns or some shit like it, that. That should be just, so. I should get the air horn for the soundboard. Um, but don't don't don't. Oh well, you know what? Let me give myself. Speaking of the soundboard, let me give give myself the booze. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a like conceptually. I think that scene is awesome. I just, it just didn't feel like they quite like. I don't know. It didn't. Something about it didn't click for me or feel earned exactly. Um, well, not on I the part of Ash, but like on the part of Max. It just, ah. it, mm-hmm. it just. I have a thought on it. It, it. Yeah, I mean, I wish, like, if Aji had done it, you know, it just it, the build to it wasn't what it should have been. Um, I I agree, but I think that's not the fault of the material so much as it is possibly the adaptation. Um, yeah. To answer your thoughts on that, Doc, let me throw something out there. But well, like, before now, you do, I just want to say, well, like, again. I mean, a compliment sandwich this. And I'll just reiterate what I said before. Conceptually, I love it. I love, like, the the act of it, you know, from Max as a father figure to Ash. Do you think, do you think it is sort of, oh, I don't know. Why don't you say your bit and then I'll I'll come back. Well, here's the thing, right? We've had a long-standing, like, almost played as a joke kind of thing about Max pretending to be Ash's father. Like, they used it initially to, you know, have him buy the condo, um, and then they've had running mm-hmm. gags of it since then. Indeed, we had the stuff in the prison where, you know, I said that Max was, you know, doing the various things and goading Ash as he was to align to vent, to essentially be, like, you know, a punching bag for him. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, right? Yes, that was played as a joke for a while, or as, you know, right. the necessary thing to do certain things in the show, such as get the condo. But here's where I think it graduates into being something more serious and genuine, and I'll tell you why. It's not just about that scene, but consider the wider context. Who is also pretending to be Ash's father? Oh. <laughs> There's your contrast. <sighs> Ash has yeah. technically, I would argue, had three fathers. Now I'm putting big air quotes on. Okay. His biological dad who gave him the very sound advice of, hey son, if you're going to get fucks in the ass, at least get paid for it. Oh, Dick. God, when you just say that. That fucker. Yeah. Oh, be fucking chokes on a meatball. Jesus. Dickhead. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's how great Ash's genuine biological father is, although, I mean, I don't put biologists I, I always keep hearing that phrase like the people say to me, oh, well, blood runs thicker than water. I'm like, fuck does that even mean? Man. Like, unless you're a vampire, you can't drink blood, so shut the fuck up. Uh, blood anyway. runs thicker than water. But I would know, of course, having tried both. I prefer type O negative. It's great. <laughs> Don't anyway. say that. This is Doc's blood type. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that for me, like, this is the point where the surrogate father element, Max, actually becomes more genuinely serious. Because Ash, at that point, could, could have taken or le- left the pictures, but I think he would have made a genuine mistake not to have burned them. Hmm. Or to have destroyed them in some manner. And Max, I think, recognizes that and makes the step for that. 
So I think this is a. I, I thought it was quite poignant, and I thought it was a graduation, especially given the wider context of how Golzine is trying to become Ash's legal father, even though he's never done anything decent in his life. I mean, okay, in a vacuum, Golzine has bought like Ash many, many things. You know, the car, clothes, etc. He's taught him. He's educated him. He's also fucking rapes. So again, this is like you know material things on their own don't have a, a lot of intrinsic value anyway, in my opinion. Right? Like, Well, they can do, but mm-hmm. certainly not in the context of goals in here. So, as as Mira has said there, this is the point where, for me, like, it becomes really crystal that this is a genuine surrogate fatherhood. Yeah, More of a father than, you know, either of the two fathers he's had in his life. So, I really appreciate it as a quiet, quick moment just to deal with that. Um... Part of me thinks I like that maybe... It, no, I, pro- yeah, I mean, I like it for that reason. Go ahead. Part of me thinks that possibly there might have been more time devoted to the lead-up to this in the manga, maybe, because, again, I really do get the impression yeah. this episode is, like... It's like I said to you off-cast. Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm genuinely surprised I didn't hear the VCR tracking noise because it was going at two times speed. Man, Max I'm, feels uh... like he's... He's Max really feels like he's got the shaft in this adaptation to me. It may, maybe things would change if I viewed the episodes, like, marathon-style or in chunks, but I'm um, mm. watching it one by one. Like, I really wanted this. I wanted to feel really strongly about this. It, it just didn't land for me like here's, I thought it would have. Here's the problem, and uh, it's not really a, a fault of the show, but uh, all the material. Max, for like the last half of the show, even, I'd argue, has not really had much to do beyond no. the journalism subplot. No. Which has been just kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, the emotional connections that you get between Max and Ash would inevitably be conflicting screen time wise with the emotional connections between him and AJ. It really, if you wanted to have this done properly, quote unquote, you've ideally want to cut one or two entirely from the show altogether and just have it laser focused on being it, you know, Ash meeting AJ and finding, you know, genuine affection through another person who is just that pure high or you would have the other storyline, which is Ash meeting Max and finding a genuine father figure who actually does care for him while they're trying to rouse mystery. Now, I I don't want to lose either, and that's the problem. You've got like Sophie's Choice going on here because I like both elements, but I think that if you want to get more out of the Max uh, Ash thing, then more screen time needs to be devoted to them, and then we can start talking about what you cut from adaptation, blah 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 blah. Mm. Um. And I think they made the right choice, ultimately, of course, making it mainly about Ash and AJ, because, of course, it's going to be about them. That's the main thrust of the story. But I do hear you that I think that more time would have been nice to see between those two characters, rather than having Mac... I mean, Max and fucking eBay end up in a bar randomly in one of the previous episodes, and that felt so very, like, cogent for Max's role in the last half show, where they're just randomly there. Don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just getting hammered. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the guy got nothing to do. I'm going to drink a beer until I get the next news bulletin that tells me what's going to happen next. Like he's receiving a fucking mission briefing through Codec. Honestly, <laughs> that scene was so. I love the club scene so much. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, next, next point that I have. I think it's... What's that? God. Oh, God. um, it's related. Next point. So, like, yeah. Uh, hmm. 
do what what do you what do you think about what max was was saying to ash during that scene like i mean i appreciate the gesture of burning the pictures right um and i appreciate the idea of like trying to be freed from the past but like and i know not everybody is going to I don't know, I guess, heal the same way, or not everyone can be uh, a therapist, so Max is doing the best he can. Um, I I don't know. It just seems a bit, like, cheap, I guess? It'd just be like, just forget about it, if you can. <laughs> don't let it, don't, don't, don't be bound by it anymore. I'm like, well, mm. that's fucking great. I mean, th- thanks. <laughs> There's some actionable advice or whatever. I don't know, like... I I guess and it's it's been a long time since it happened so maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't strike Ash that way maybe it doesn't come off as, as very annoying I, well, but then, I I mean he's got that again where he, was where he was standing the fact that he wouldn't look at the pictures he was supposed to, he still he wouldn't admit it he wouldn't say outright but he clearly still had a sting to it knowing that they yeah. exist oh yeah I mean he almost killed a guy um but he I I mean to ultimately figure this shit out and like find peace he's got to learn to integrate this these experiences into his life now and i don't know i mean there's so so i'm mixed on it like i understand like i like the bit about like you like i said like you don't have to be bound by this this doesn't have to determine the rest of your life like what happened to you I think that's good but to just like burn it away and forget about it I'm not as on board with I guess um I don't know I think I'm being I feel bad because I'm being very critical of a scene that I know folks in chat like um, um but I, like, I, I don't this, I don't think you've, your interpretation is necessarily wrong there I think it's just gonna be a question of how people feel like mm-hmm. philosophically on what steps people should take to try and help others you know, to be passive, quote-unquote, where you're receptive. Like, talk about it when you're ready, but I'm not going to push you to anything. Versus those who feel more affirmative in how they approach things. Yeah. Um, For me, I firstly think it's very consistent for Max's character to do that, because he's constantly, like, particularly in the prison, he has pushed an ex-ash on to do stuff. I like. I out. do like him doing it. I mean, I like that yeah. act of burning the pictures, and I like him taking an active mm-hmm. role in his better, in Ash's betterment. So, I mean, there are things I really like about the scene. And for me, I I think the gesture itself certainly was quite profound. The words I do kind of get what you mean, like, you know, it's not something you can just simply say, you know, well, forget about it. But then again, Max's tone of voice and his delivery, praise his voice accent, is very somber. He's not passing... Ah, it's all right, Skip, you'll get over it. Like, he's just fucking racist. Out of sight, out of mind, lad. (laughs) Yeah, he's not doing that. I think that, I think that in the end, Max, and as far as, far as Ash, like, Ash and Agey, right, apart from the obvious, you know, fact that they really should just be blast out of face at this point, that should be textual. Um, but the thing is, like, Agey is the receptive kind of healer. I mean, mm-hmm. remember that scene where Ash was leaning on his knee? He's mm-hmm. not really someone to push Ash to do anything except certain physical activities like Gavin, like when he got in the shower, you know, like that one time after he was came back from doing the prostitutes. 
Yeah. But actually pushing him to do certain acts, I don't think is in Age's nature. Max is the other side of that coin where he will push him to do things or will take action on his behalf. So, it's like for me, I think idealized the... wife versus idealized dad. <laughs> idealized dad. Ideal dad, yeah. Um, so, for me personally, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to pretend that you know that it's the objectively right way to handle this. I think in this particular circumstance, given how Ash clearly physically felt and looks, I think that Max made the right choice to do that on his behalf because Ash clearly, you know, there's also the very pragmatic and cold approach of, well, yeah, by the way, there's a fucking mercenary army after us. Let's get our heads in the game. You can't be distracted by this stuff. There is that very cold approach you want. Oh, no. I'm okay with it, but I wouldn't pretend it's for everyone, be it for everyone to do it. I mean, Max is the kind of person who can do it, but I don't say everyone can push other people to do that. Mm-hmm. Or to be done by particular people. It's a very case-by-case basis. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't advocate it for some others if, uh, in other scenarios. But I'm also admittedly only speaking from someone who's never been through that on either side. Yeah. No, so I'm speaking, purely, right. I'm speaking purely academically here. Yeah. But it made it made for good drama. And I mean, as much as I can say. When you are, you know, essentially like a soldier in, in some mm. senses, like Ashes, and you're in like fight or flight survival mode you know i guess as a temporary sort of therapy maybe it is a good thing to just be like look man for now just fucking forget about it <laughs> later on we can we can deal with this shit maybe because uh, i have you know not you have to work your way up in in therapy mm. sometimes to the these ideal solutions well, like you're gonna you know you know things you are know rubik's what, cubes are, are brain puzzles you know what's funny um it's been a while since i've seen it but let's talk about evangelion for a second because is that not also a show about dealing with trauma and depression and such during quite significant world altering events am i off base on that say again sorry well let's talk well, okay Let's bring up Evangelion for a second. Okay. Yeah, I'm going there. Let's do it. Because is that show, is that show not also about like you know dealing with trauma and depression mm-hmm. at the same time as catastrophic world altering events? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can make your comparison here. Now it's been a while since I've seen Ava. Ava's, Ava's like offers a much more comprehensive and uh, thoroughgoing psychological solution <laughs> then I think what then, to become uh, a 2D character on a post-it no, sorry that's yeah, to, to, uh... <laughs> yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry no, well, the self-acceptance I mean I think that's that's what I'd like to see the, yeah. it ultimately but... like it's it's a uh, the end of the TV show anyway of of Ava the end of the the alternate sort of well and then you have people saying that it's not an alternate ending that they it's they both take place uh, in the same chronology, but I view the t- the end of Evangelion movie as a different take on the last couple episodes as a new ending. So in that ending, it's a lot more uh, destructive. Mm. Uh, but like the yeah, the solution at the end of the TV show is all about integration and self acceptance, which is mm. what I would love to see more of in 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 this show. But like, but yeah, I mean, 
I think maybe I'm being too hard on it. Um, well, wasn't Ava, wasn't Evangelion's yeah. argument or one of its core points that even if there are literally world-ending things happening around you, you still should be taking the time to deal with your trauma? I don't... I can't remember if that's if that's actually a... Put a pin that for another time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's the impression I got, and I could admittedly be completely talking out of my ass, as I usually do. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's the point that Banana Fish is trying to make here, you know, that all the stupid shit that's going on with fucking Blanker and Colonel Fox and fucking Cobra Commander and whoever else fucking turns up to this, you know, clusterfuck of a supervillain party that they've Golzine's got going here, all of that, all of that that's going on doesn't mean that, you know, his time to deal and comprehend with what's happened to him should be put on hold. Not that it should, you know, be happening at the most inappropriate times ever. Like, or maybe it could do. Maybe there could be a, a, a story to be had in that, you know, Ash, you know, trying to fight off someone in a gunfight suddenly has traumatic flash. I don't fucking know. But I'm thinking the argument maybe here is perhaps that, you know, shouldn't necessarily be put on hold. After yeah. all... I've said before that I think that one of the show's points is that we want to see Ash come out of the end of this particular story mm-hmm. as a whole yes. person. Or yeah. as whole as a person as he can be. A, a normal person, not a boring square, but I'm talking like a person who lives in a world of normality, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, Boy, I'm glad you brought that up because cause I do think that this scene helps in that regard tremendously. Because mm. Ash is of the mind that all he's good for is killing people and being mm-hmm. used as a sex toy by people. And that's all he's been, so therefore that's all he could ever be. I mean, he's he said this much to Dino, he said it to Eiji in different contexts. But, I mean, when you frame it like that, like the, that is actually quite good that someone, you know, Max or whoever, like it has this symbolic gesture of burning burning those photos that represent that past of who he was and saying this does mm-hmm. not determine your future this isn't mm-hmm. who you are fundamentally and it doesn't dictate what you do going forward mm-hmm. so don't live your life like that you know don't don't throw your life away in, in the last battle because you know you don't think you're worthy you don't th- you know you don't think that your life amounts to anything that you're a good person or that you living is, is worthwhile. So I actually do in view of what you just said, I, th- I think the dialogue part of the dialogue makes, makes a lot of sense. And I think Manira has diagnosed my, my feelings on it pretty well, but I, I really am thinking a lot about the build up and how I wish it could have been better. Um, yeah. And that, and the, it feels the scene like, has left me like a little cold for that reason, but but now I'm I'm coming around conceptually on how it kind of fits with everything else and, and liking it very much. One quick thing I'll add, by the way. Uh, we never actually see the photos. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that when we would see them, we would see what was on them, but we don't actually see the Polaroids themselves or the USB flash drive, whatever the fuck. It's not but Max doesn't take them out and burn them. He just burns them in the envelope because mm-hmm. he can't see them. And I think that's also quite important to remark on how he views Ash. The Ash in front of him is not the Ash in those pictures. He doesn't want to know what's Mm -hmm. in there. Not just because it would be, you know, appalling to look at, of course, but because also he believes Ash isn't defined that way. 
So I think that could be quite important as well. Yeah. He doesn't. He's like, no, they can stay in there. They can burn to ash, and whatever was on them can be ignored. I don't that, care. That right there, I think, is so key. Like, I I'm not going to look at them because, frankly, it doesn't matter what's on them. It could be something far worse than you've told me. Worse, you know, it, it could be something that is is more heinous or or hurts you even more deeply or that no one's talked about like it doesn't matter whatever's on there it does not matter like it from going forward it does not determine your future and it doesn't mm. have to shape who you are i mean it's going to shape who you are i guess but like it doesn't have to determine what you make of the rest of your life and it doesn't it does not the ultimate final judgment on the worth of your life Mm-hmm. Yep. There we go. All right. Note to I, self: buy buy vodka for episode twenty two. Like amazing. I really get the impression shit's going to hit the fan super oh, hard, boy. And I don't know. Uh, All right, I got another question. Next point. Are you happy with where the Yutlun character is at the moment? Do you think he comes like so? Someone in the chat said, quite rightly, I think, boy, it would be nice if Yulung had a rival, um, someone to, uh, to to test really test his wits against. But he's been cornered. He's been put in this impossible scenario. Golzine has muscled him out of acting on anything to do with Ash. Colonel is doing everything. Um, He'll never get the better of Ash because Ash is going to win in every exchange. Uh, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't really get to rise up and be the main antagonist that I thought he would be. It would be nice to see him like uh, in a sort of mental battle of chess with um, an equal. Maybe come out on top a time or two. I don't know. I feel like he's just sort of mm-hmm. now squabbling with Blanca, and maybe he'll get his his, mo- his final moment in the sun in the last few episodes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in the bathing um, in the light of ash. Well, to answer your question, I think that, like the ash problem in general, I think that the way Yutlung is presenting the show, it's not only fault of his own character, it's relative to other characters. Funnily enough, is very appropriate for the moon. as happens. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to bring something separate to talk about, I'll bring up now, who the flying fuck is Colonel Fox and why the fuck should I care about him? legitimate question I already was annoyed enough at the fact that we fucking parachuted Blanker in as a oh shit I've made Ash too good and I've obviously got to undo this how the fuck do I undo it oh right I make it so his mentor's the one who's going to take him but then that's kind of gone out the window kind of so now Golzee's just literally got in this fucking you know proof of life motherfucker coming in Um, and I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's a fucking. It's it's not good writing. I'm sorry to say to parachute in a character like that twice over in the last fucking quarter of the show mm-hmm. to head off the the character that you have probably. And the thing is, it's not even a. This is the thing, right? The differentiating Blanca. Blanca was a direct response to Ash being too good. I don't know what the fuck Fox is a response to because Blanca's already there. So. Why is he here? Because we need to have action scenes? Like, can we not have Blanca doing shit? And this is why it ties back to the young, because if 
fucking Fox wasn't in this, what could they have done with the spare time? Devote it to Luke Young doing stuff. I want to see more. I want you know. I mean, he got to be to be evil in this episode, but um, I don't. Know. I also get impression that maybe that's a function as well of not of the compression. Like it would have probably had more impact what Luke Young was doing with uh, things like teammates, for example. If that wasn't happening, is um, you know, spread out over a longer period of time, like it would be if you were reading the manga as it was being released. Mm-hmm. The manga in general, because obviously it's a lot more pages. Um, so he just kind of getting is it, maybe just I don't know. Maybe the I can't decide if the book wants him to be redeemed or not <laughs> because he have his well, sort of G- Jiminy Cricket. It, it, uh, filtered through form of serial killer Blanca, you know. Wow, why are you doing this? Blood is the thing that hurt you, and now you're hurting them. Who are you to talk? But like, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, man, I just I want him to be more of a deeply integrated part of what's going on. And this Jason Fox, Jason Blanca give more time to the young. He is easily the most interesting villain of the show. Golzine is in a patch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Blanca is fucking Blanca Slate, as I've said before. Who the... He's f- okay. C- Colonel, no fucks given. Don't care. Token villain. This is literally three episodes before the end. He has no personal connection to Ash. As people have said in the chat, he's a fucking waste of my time. He is a, yeah, like... You could re- we, we... you could replace him. You could replace him with a fucking meteorite <laughs> or another natural disaster. You could replace him with a herd of rampaging elephants or a fucking swarm of locusts. It doesn't matter yes. what you replace Fox with, as long as it serves to be an impediment. He could literally, oh. man, whatever. So, Fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean, it really does seem like the creator was like. Man, oh shit! I, I wrote myself a corner. Let me write myself out. Well, not even that, because like I feel like you're just creating more obstacles. But like, uh, you know, they're, they're like, boy, I just love action movies so much. Let me get another archetypical action movie villain in here, like supposedly deceased, you know, French mercenary. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, the last episode, if. You know, if an arms dealer emerges as the main villain, like it's just, it's going to be bad. There's so many, so many archetypes happening, uh, but for no reason because, like you said, we have a lot of capable characters. Uh, yeah. Uh, any more talking points for you? No, I'm good. That's all I need to say about it. Um, I suppose, by the way, I'll mention very quickly. I'm guessing the title of the undefeated refers to Fox. I would think um, so. And all I'll say to that is, uh, what? Being a fucking boring, lame-ass piece of shit character introduced at the last second as a desperate ploy to keep the action in the show going when there's otherwise plenty of other interesting things we'd be doing with either characters or action or both. God, Blanca was re- Blanca really was supposed to be this. <laughs> I mean, what? We... Ah. Oh. But he did it already and he won. So I guess, I don't know, maybe they're like, Ash needs to look cool and like beat someone. But he fucking did that already when he... I don't know. Okay. Uh, 
I'm sounding a lot more frustrated than I actually am with this episode. Yeah, just so thinking not... about big picture things that could have been neatly, more neatly done. Um, do you want to hear some uh, uh, an email that we got? Go on, hit me. Okay, this is from Case, uh, who, you know, we we've gotten more uh, discourse about our banana fish episode nineteen discussion than anything else in our in the history of our show it seems like and in terms of just words written you know, this is this is another extremely I'm, I'm extremely grateful for this don't get me wrong like i'm uh, to answer your question very quickly i mean i think i was just tilting my head and not blink like uh i i'm beyond flattered that people would that and every week we get people in chat that give there's 19 shit. the one where we oh god yeah 19 man so 19 is uh, specifically the scene, again, where uh, Yutlung, there's an attempt on his life. The chef tries to kill him, you know, and mm-hmm. he gets a wound in the arm and the guy kills himself. That whole thing. And we read uh, an email from Jessica uh, last week or the week before. I think it was last week. Talked about that this was uh, an inside job set up by Yutlung to lure in Blanca. Um, Pay attention to me, senpai. Yes, but Case says uh, actually that uh, they thought the interpretation of the planned assassination uh, was an interesting one and valid, but it's not one that they lean towards. Um, it's not intuitive that they got from the manga or the anime, and the main reason is they think it makes more sense for Yutlung's character for it to have been unintentional. So it's like we have like the regular on the face interpretation where we're both like, man, this felt rushed and annoying. And then it's like, actually consider it from the point of view of Yulung's character. What makes sense for him says Jessica. But case is like, no, it makes even more sense for Yulung's character for it to have been unintentional. So, well, Emily, just to point something out, let's bring up Frank's again, because it happened in that and it happened in this too. The reason these characters were not foreshadowed, at least in the manga, as far as I speculate, is because they didn't conceptually exist at the time that, you know, this, the work was started. Like, here's the thing, right? Banana Fish episode one, first volume. Ash, yep, he was definitely a character in the writer's head, or at least on paper. AJ, Golzine, Max, Potter, Luke Young, definitely. Blanca, no. Blanca did not exist at that point, conceptually. And Fox certainly doesn't fucking exist. He doesn't exist now. I swear blind if I squint any harder when I see him on screen, he'll be turned fucking transparent. He is a fucking ghost. He's not even substantial in any way, shape, or form. He is a, he is a whiff of fucking secondhand air. Fuck that guy. Okay, there. Fix the picture. I just am seeing people's notes in the chat about the the stream picture being fucked up, and it was uh, it was a mm. Google Doc that I had open fucking things up. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> um, you got to see my wonderful pouty man. Sh- you know, put face. One side of my head right there in the camera. It's like no. Uh, sorry, I didn't see that sooner, uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the reason that these characters were not foreshadowed because they didn't exist in the writer's head or on paper at the time. Uh, you know, that they otherwise would have been foreshadowed. Blanca didn't exist until he was written into the show. Hmm. That's my... Okay. So right. In much the same way that Sarah Kerrigan did in Frank's. Sarah Kerrigan. Must we, must we talk about that show? Um, the valid comparison point. 
you kind of concede that. Uh, so you don't uh, like to it, but it's true. I will. Tr- I'll try my best to summarize ca- cases, case as it were. Um, uh, for Yutlung not plotting his own assassination. Um, throughout the series, we see Yutlung constantly plotting. He's very manipulative. His craftiness ensures his plot succeed. Um, kidnapping Ag, getting his hands on banana fish, drugging one of his brothers, and killing the rest. It also eliminates his chances of forming any genuine emotional connections, which we see how much he resents. He was raised in a hostile environment, but he continues a pattern of hostility that prevents any improvements due to that upbringing. However, in the scene where Blanca agrees to form a contract with him, Yulun looks surprised. And this isn't just... Form a contract? Is Blanca a fucking heroic spirit? <laughs> we said this before. That's right. We said this before. He is. He might, He should be. So, um, he's assassin, of course. Um, of course, yeah. Oh, he's shit, then. Because the assassins are always yeah, shit. Yeah, they're very they... bad. Um... So, uh, let's see. He's not only surprised because his plan to lure to hire Blanca succeeded. Um, in the scene before, he didn't even seem a bit thrown off when Blanca agreed to visit after blackmailing him in the hotel. If you look, his facial expression indicated a very just as planned kind of reaction, and it worked to a degree. Um, but there was no feeling involved. Yet in the latter scene, Blanca agrees to form a contract saying he has too many enemies for his age, he being Yutlung. This indicates concern, and Yutlung has never had another human care about his well-being at all. Uh, this is what catches him off guard. Mm. Yutlung is shocked to think that another individual might care about him at least a little. So if we take this into account and assume Yutlung did not intentionally have the assassination target him, it becomes ironic that Yutlung finds a smidgen of human connection in something that he didn't plan, you know, because these things that he does plan cut off that human connection when they succeed. Mm. His plotting has got him nowhere in terms of forming healthy relationships. So this continues the pattern of manipulation equals success in the mafia underworld, but zero for healthy self-actualization while vulnerability equals destruction in the underworld, but possible chance for human warmth and connection. In a sense, his accidental vulnerability there may have gotten him a glimmer of the latter, but unfortunately, I don't think he's self-aware enough to realize it. If he does have some self-awareness, it's compromised by him actively pushing that vulnerability away. This yep. push and pull of him is partly why I think he's kind of fascinating. Um, like going the through the series, of the moon. yeah, exactly. Like in episode twenty. I think his anger has less to do with not catching Ash and more to do with his thoughts on how Blanca and Singh have betrayed him, quote-unquote. Singh has crossed over to helping Ash, uh, and Blanca still still supporting Ash emotionally. No matter what, mm-hmm. he cannot win against Ash in this sense. Of course, this is largely his own fault, but those were uh, those two were not completely toxic people around him, and it fuels his own desperation and jealousy. Um, very interesting... Um, I said I was going to summarize it, and I just read it because I just enjoyed the. Yeah, no, th- thank you very much, that case. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. I think I it like... really does. Boy, I, I think mm. I think it really does kind of come like clear to me that the idea, like the reason that Young is the most interesting villain, is also because he does zig everywhere Ash zags. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I think it's very true. Yeah, that even in like his case, loose there, if that was the intent that. 
you know, he had that moment of genuine connection with Blanco. I was like, I'm worried about you. And he's like, what? He just blue screens inside his head. Right, right. Because he can't comprehend it, or he can comprehend it, and he's repulsed by it. Whereas Ash seems more content to try and embrace these moments where he will allow himself to be, you know, vulnerable and allow genuine emotional connection. It's something he actually wants. Yeah. He didn't. I mean, two sides of the same kind, dark mirrors, sun, moon, you know, the themes all for Yulung come together. He either did not want to see inside his own heart in this episode, or he didn't want to be reminded of what he'd already seen. You know, when Blanca points out that he's doing to others what was visited upon him, and he's just mm-hmm. like, shut up! <laughs> shut up! Like, yeah. I mean, I this it, this makes sense. I, I can't decide now where I fall on it. If, if I this, think they're both valid. <laughs> if this was I think that's the easiest way really to go with it. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, because uh, they're both good interpretations that mm-hmm. make the show more interesting as a result. It's a win-win. I agree. I agree. This is an advantage of, uh, of, like, I know some people don't enjoy kind of storytelling as if it's some an underdetermined hypothesis, but I actually do enjoy, like, when things are laid out as such that you can, yeah, you can put your own, inter- like, multiple interpretations can be formed that are coherent and enhance the story enjoy that it it's a question to me it's a question of what is the like it's really hard to explain but like there are some stories that do lend themselves well to that kind of ambiguity of interpretation there are some where you're just like i cannot believe they didn't give us a fucking clear cut answer on this and i think that's really on a work by work basis depending on how you feel about it but i am in agreement that i don't think that you know everything should be sound stone i think that you know subtext and subtlety can greatly enrich a work mm-hmm and if we can have it both ways in this way, you can feel either way about Luke Young's like moment from episode nineteen, and still come out understanding his character better. That is good writing. That's in my opinion. Not fuck so fuck that guy. Fuck you, fuck. Yeah, that's. Uh, I- I'm glad we can all agree that this character just does not belong here. It's bad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you want to? Uh, want... You want to rate the episode? Yes, I do. All right. So, so for me, uh, I banged on enough about Fox being a fucking waste of oxygen uh, that he, you know, could be replaced by a fucking tsunami and it would have no effects really on the story. Um, stuff with Yulon was good. Uh, the stuff with Ash and Age is always good. Uh, there's some really good moments of direction this episode. The moment between him and Max good. The comedy was good as well. Mm-hmm. Like we had some great humorous moments that were also, I should stress, never derisive. I mean, mm. when you go into, like, you know, when you've got the gay bar scene there, mm-hmm. it would have been all too easy for a lesser writer to have just been like, oh, no, the strange, unusual queer folk like Persona 5. Do you not think Max kind of did that? Well, we're not meant to... The thing is, though, we're not meant to, you know, agree with Max necessarily. Yeah. Max being freaked out... When Max is freaked out by that, the That's comedy true. is at his expense. And then and And Ash is right there to just be like, you know... Welcome, welcome to the world of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, for the rest of us, you know, <laughs> like this is yeah. what people go I through. Mean, um, yeah, that so is true. They handle- that is true. And he yeah. does. And it's not like uh, I, th- I think it really like they crank it up, but it's because he got groped, you know, 
And like, that's just not fun when you don't want that to happen in general. So I can Mm -hmm. understand being like, no, got groped. I did not want that. That's not an, I don't think that's like him being anti-gay as much as being (laughs) anti-grope. Yeah. Despite his initial hesitation to go in. Yeah. It's, it's done tastefully, but it's still amusing. Um, I also really enjoyed the return, of course, of the, you know, X of the Y naming conventions or fucking Harlem Chicken. Thank you very much for that. That's great. I love Harlem it. Harlem Chicken! Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the action in this episode for the reason I've not been a fan of it for a while now, because hmm. I don't feel tense watching it. I mean, I know I really should at this point, because, like, you've got Kane and Singh and they're getting, you know, shot by his fucking mercs, but I don't know who the mercs are. I don't care about them. I don't give a shit. Uh, and then the pacing on this episode was also quite fast. A bit too much, in my opinion. It really moved way fast. too quick. Um, but it's one of those damn you do, damn you don't things when you're adapting a voluminous work like this into a show. And, well. So, <clears throat> for me, in the end, I, I will give this episode... Three out of five, you know, they really should do it anyway. Love charms from my sister, you know. <laughs> oh, that's good. Still reckon that's taking a bullet. Yeah. Still reckon that's taking a bullet. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, for all the same reasons you said, um, once again, I feel like is a... I think the show, you could probably say, is a testament to, like... The fact that, like, if 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 writing, if creators invest early on in their characters and character development, um, it will pay off big time. Even if the kind of plot writing or other things fall away and are less interesting, like the show still has these characters. Therefore, I care. Yeah. <laughs> this know? is why. This is why for me, even though Ash is okay, as I've said before. I still want him to succeed. I still care. I might not, you know, feel that he's ever really under any threat when he gets involved in a firefight. I might not be too fussed about that. Mm-hmm. But I still absolutely want him to succeed. Yeah. I want him to succeed so fucking hard. I, I want know. him to, you know, fucking take Golzine's fucking head and slam it inside a car door until there's nothing but chunky salsa. Left. Oh. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want. And I still want that because I am, as you rightly said, invested from the get-go with the characters. Um, I think that Banana Fish is probably going to end up being a textbook case of one of those things where great start doesn't quite stick the landing like a certain show that you and I will be talking about this week. Don't don't spoil it for me. I, I want it to stick uh, the landing so fucking. That's just bad. that's just me though. That's just me though. But, but, but had, no, Borgalia too. Borgalia finished it and she. I mean, she didn't say as much. Like, she wasn't like, good show, doesn't stick to landing. She, like, is in love with the show. But reflecting on the ending, Macross Delta, by the way, is what we're talking about. We're going to record a podcast for that next week. Um, very This week, isn't it? Oh, you getting mixed up. yes, Wednesday. That's right. It's a very Macross Christmas uh, yeah. this Wednesday. But, no, he's like, yeah, you know, she. what did she say? That, um... That she was a little sad and disappointed at some choices made at the end. So we'll see. I'm still, I'm still in the part where I'm like, "Yeah, baby, this is the fucking good shit." <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, on episode you're gonna 15. Hang it. You're, you're, 
you're going to hate me when I start reeling off the things I have issues with, even though I still really like the show. It's okay. It's okay. Um, there's even, I think, well, up to this point, I even think that they they actually get something a bit more right than Frontier, <laughs> which is in crazy. Yes and but, um, no. It's it's a, yes it's a no. particular plot element. It's not to do with... Um, with anything particularly major but anyway we're going on yeah we need to say so, so put say, yeah. our cards close to our chest with the front with the delta yeah. i mean I, c- I can't wait to talk about delta because i get to talk about things like domestic terrorism nuclear weapons self-loathing and identity issue politics <laughs> yeah in anime i get to, i get to talk about all of my favorite things in anime oh globalization i get to throw that one in as well that's gonna be a fucking fun that's talk about. superb. I'm ready to hear it. Um, and of course, I also get to talk about the cat, the catfish, cat puns. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite episode so far. I mean, I mean, apology, apologies for you know. <laughs> Listen, God, Freddy, I'm, so good. I'm not a, I'm not a Twitter savant, but just posting that cat pun got me a tweet with like 400 likes. So there you go. If if you want. Smash that like button. If you wanna if you wanna be good at Twitter, just post pictures of cat puns. <laughs> that that's what I've learned the last I don't know, five years or whatever. Uh, hmm. uh okay, rating the episode though. Uh yeah, like I said, the character writing, very strong. Um you know authors uh tendency to keep introducing characters, notwithstanding. Um, I think that I'm going to give the episode a uh, pat on the back three, 3.5 Harlem chickens out of five. It's nice. Yeah. Is that the combo deal? You get free, you know, get three and a half. <laughs> on the side of the this episode brought to you by Harlem chicken. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's nothing jerky about our chicken. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, easy. spicy takes um, I could go right now actually mm, like, um, yeah no kidding uh, anyway uh, man. we have no polls because I didn't do any polls because there was not any point in this episode where I was not either engaged with you or could, summarizing could, um, I mean could we end up I mean the only poll I could think of would be like is you know Colonel Fox a fucking useless you know vestigial listen, character yes, well I don't want to you know we're going to do know, that one we're gonna do. No, but... They they will be on the Twitter machine after the episode is over. I will do some polls. We need to work on our division of labor. And when I when I'm doing the summary, um, then perhaps uh, Shadon could handle the do uh, creating the polls in future. Maybe that would work because that's what I've mostly I, been I doing it. <laughs> It's hard to when we're discussing. Uh, I'm not a very good multitasker. Um, uh, to answer your question, Jessica, we do, but then we also have Harlem fries, chicken shake and fries. There you go. Yeah, Harlem and uh, you know, if you order now, you get a complimentary Harlem floss. You know, if we're going to bring in the the Harlem shake. We got to have the bring in the floss. That's this year's Harlem mm-hmm. shake. Yeah, there is the no floss. regular size because you always, there is no regular size because you always go large in Harlem. Dude, oh man, there's a 
there's such a i mean anime being racist like whatever old news uh in i can't remember if it's one of the oavs or the tv series but uh in an old mecca show from the 80s called dan cougar not like it's all one word not like last name cougar first name daniel just dan cougar uh there is a, a scene where they go the the crew goes to harlem and uh, oh, it is unbelievable <laughs> oh boy but um anyway ye old mecca um okay i think that's it um i think that we're done but uh before we head out and sign off want to remind everyone uh we already mentioned the very macross christmas but on december the 12th not the 5th like i mistakenly posted before next wednesday december the 12th we are doing uh a live stream in addition to the banana fish stream we're gonna watch a terrible anime selected by you in honor of our 300 subs uh because it's what we think about you know it's (laughs) because uh people seem to enjoy us torturing ourselves so we're gonna subject ourselves to torture um as as thank you for 300 people uh subscribing to our absolute nonsense people and or bots um that number passed 300 so we're doing a nice thing um and n- we haven't really got any anyone sending in their bad anime suggestions it seems like our chat is of such good and refined taste that they have not seen bad anime to recommend to us in the oav format i should say some people have said you should watch this tv show or that tv show but we want to keep it to a shortish stream so we're going to do an o- oav or movie um mm-hmm. But uh, a YouTube co- a chat commenter. I wish I could remember who it was. I feel bad because I'm not going to be able to credit them. I'll have to go back. Maybe I'll try to go back in the chat logs. Mars of Destruction was suggested. Uh, oh, and so so that's looking like it's it could be on the list. Um, it's only 20 minutes long, so we'll have to pair it with something else. Um, but but yeah, make your case. Tweet us at Waterwidesho or email Waterwidesho. Bring it up at gmail.com. Make your case for the terrible anime of your choice and why we should watch it uh yeah um, live and comment on it <laughs> you you'll get the chance to make us suffer you get mm-hmm. to give us the particular blend of terrible that could drive us wild i go fucking nuts when i watch stupid shit if you want to see me flip the fuck out <laughs> and lose my shit oh man uh, <laughs> and then now's your time to throw in your recommendation if you want to see me go somehow into negative hair count, get you like you know bald has no hair. I go negative. Yeah. Then this is your time. <laughs> get it in. Get your suggestions in. OVA, not hentai, not something we've seen before, if at all possible. Thank you, Mira. Bring it on, and we'll watch it. Uh, Mars of Destruction currently a strong contender because I've heard shockingly bad things about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, same. Uh, you guys should if you. If you want to, uh, you should uh, listen to us watch Garzi's Wing and talk about it. Uh, Misha, Don, and Borgalia. There is... I'll post this in the chat uh, now. I'll find it. We've done uh, a few of these, but not on YouTube. Um, there, the This, you know, we give you 
we say like you know hey uh we're going to start the movie now so press play um that kind of thing and you can hear the audio in fact in uh on our track so it's just like a sort of podcast mst 3k sort of thing that we've done but we're looking to move this onto youtube and there will be you know a visual sort of element people will uh People will see Shadon's lovely face get uh, get angry, and it will be great. Oh, goodbye, Ash. Goodbye. Um, Bye, Ash. Uh, yeah, nothing phases Mirror anymore. Mirror's seen too many bad anime. I hear you. Um, Mir- Mirror's there like a uh, Rucker Howard's character from Blade Runner, just on the rooftop. I've seen things. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. You people wouldn't believe. A hundred percent. Little uh, sister is glittering. Well, come nice. come hang out with us on the twelfth and. Uh... Tears. <laughs> I don't not know. I'm. I'm sorry. Come um, hang out with with us and Totoro on the twelfth. Indeed. And, uh, um, enjoy bad anime with us all. Um, indeed. Shadon. All right. Where can people find you on Twitter if they want to hang out? Uh, you can find me uh, at the account of uh, P-O-T-U- no. Uh, you can find me at Shaden1010, 1010. I have a curious cat, uh, which has not seen any action recently. Uh, wink, wink. <laughs> Someone uh, ask him so questions. Question this ask, man. Ask me, ask me questions of a fresting or non-fresting nature. I'll answer them anyway. <laughs> Fuck it, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, you can find me there. Say hello. So for myself, I'm at the subtle doctor on Twitter, uh, at Waroi at Show as well. Um, yeah, hit me up. Whatever you want to talk about, anime wise or non anime wise, I am, uh, I am down, uh, down to chat. DTC. That's that's me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, banana fish episode. Uh, thank you, Jessica. Um, I, it's it's one of my children's. Each each one of them have uh, one of these, and um, and the small Totoros, the white ones that follow them. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember what my youngest calls calls him. Uh, the small one. What does he call him? Um, Tossero? Mister So and So. I can't remember. It's 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 Mister Something. I'll, I'll have to ask him and, and report back in. So, to, bye, Totoro. Um, uh, it's a very cute Totoro. Uh, we have a Totoro pillow as well. Um, our house, in our house, we love the Totoro. There's also a, a poster of of Totoro in our laundry room because folding laundry is like the shittiest, worst thing ever. So it's nice uh, to have like a, you know, a, a, <laughs> there's a sort of uh... reminder. Um, I thought ironing cover was from a friend of mine who burnt my other one. And I just kind of have it there. So <laughs> I'm surprised no one's not coming to me before and said, what the fuck is that? Why has he got strawberries on his fucking ironing board? I know. Uh, I'm very I'm very sorry to say that it doesn't smell of strawberries when you iron. Uh, how far am I into Danganronpa? Um, I'm on uh, this. So I'm playing Danganronpa 2. I've beaten the original Danganronpa. That's so fucking um, I'm I'm still working through the second case. Uh, uh, why can I not? Uh, Hajime, the main character, has is playing 
I've just played a bit of the uh, arcade game that Monokuma introduces to the the people. And I got a little ways into it, but decided to stop because I wanted to save my game. And Hajime was like, oh no, what have I done? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I am. Uh, I fucking, since the game has come up, I'm hoping this does not mean Chiaki is going to be the killer or be killed because she might be my favorite character right now. Like, I didn't think I was going to care about her. It's like, oh, a gamer girl. Great. Thank you for the otaku bait. But no, like, she's fantastic. Like, she really gives a shit about what's going on, about people. She's empathetic and smart. She's like the smartest character on the goddamn island. Uh... Because it's a bunch of crazy people, a bunch of genius, crazy morons that are running around, and then you have Chiaki, and and uh, well, and I guess um, Nagito is, I guess, sort of smart. He's just a nut. He's just a crazy person. Um, I like sweeping the floor better than folding clothes myself. Uh, it feels like I don't know. You get more accomplished faster. To me. Uh, but I understand, like, if you have a back issue or something, that could suck. Uh, hey, as far as it goes, Emily, I'm actually a surprisingly semi-functional, responsible adult. I'm fucking stunned at as much as you are, believe me. Um, unfortunately, I work in an office that requires me to wear office shirts, not this one. That's, uh, yeah, that's your office is, This is, this is... Awesome. <laughs> well, it's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course, <laughs> so there you go. Is um, that from the film? No, this is not from the film. Oh, it's okay. from the TV show. Let me actually show you the proper thing. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, it's from the, the OG show as well. That's good. Yeah, that's right. The best one. Uh, but yeah, I have to wear, unfortunately, like shirts and trousers, you know, shoes. I have to look like a formal individual, which is, you know, anathema. There's a word for you. Um, so I do end up having to iron, unfortunately, and it is a ball. Man, I never iron. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching Vari Nation, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have been uh, Shaden and Soul Doctor. Um, we hope you all have a wonderful week. That's right. And until next time, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And Indeed, thank you. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. <laughs>